Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming, news, and discussion. My name is Kevin. And I'm Daniel. And this is episode 46. Right? I got that? I you got it. it. Yes. Two weeks rusty, but you still figured it out. Ah, rusty as fuck. Yeah. So, a little housekeeping at the top of the episode, guys. Uh, this is The Save Room. Hi, welcome back or welcome first time Mm -hmm. it's brought to you by your two favorite soft video game boys and it can be found on soundcloud.com slash the save room show we're also on spotify itunes uh google play stitcher stitcher rss feeds everywhere some other stuff that i forgot about i think we're actually on the newly launched uh, mars rover on mars right now too oh shit dude you know mars isn't red a lot of people are having their conceptions ruined right now. You tried to break me with that the other day, and I'm like, let me have my illusions, man. No, man, it looks it's boring. It looks like Nevada out there. <laughs> <laughs> the Martian told me it was still red. It's though. very amazing. You can find our streaming endeavors on twitch.tv. Daniel, where can they find you? They can find me over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Uh, we've been kind of doing some... Well, I did Red Dead Online. You did. With our good friend Dave last yeah. night. Uh, and we've also been doing some like Call of Duty blackout and black ops for yeah we, well. we've been streaming some black ops as well which has been pretty fun like we I, actually I, got vargy in on it yeah i got vargy uh, the other night i got vargy no. i got him <laughs> <laughs> you understand me like he's a fucking collectible or an amiibo that you can only get right that was a lot of fun that yeah. was actually really 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 good daniel i have some some big news for you big news that happened while we were away okay were we away no we didn't have an episode last week right no we didn't Okay, cool. Yeah, so sorry guys, it's been two weeks, and it'll probably be another two weeks before we get another formal episode oh, that's right. out of the way. I want to get in front of this one. I'm actually going home for the holidays to see my family uh-huh. for Hanukkah. Gotcha. I'm going to play some video games with my, my uncle and my friends. Whoa, 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 the illustrious Uncle David? <laughs> the illustrious Uncle David, yeah. I think he's finally going to break and get a Switch. I don't know if this is spoilers for my cousin. I don't know if I'm Oops. ruining something oh, sh- for Hanukkah. Yeah, probably, dude. Uh, Fuck. Just don't listen to this part. Um, Are you so, kidding me? Yeah, so I'm going to be gone from the 8th to the 15th. So okay. we're going to get this episode out, and then we're going to have a special quick save number three coming to you guys. So right. stay tuned for that, because that's going to be cool. What do, you, what do you mean? Do we already have a quick... Did we record this? Already? No, we're, it's soon to be recorded, it's but it's just going to slip into the ether. Okay, I was wondering. I was like, yeah. where, where are you hiding these episodes? Like, what have you been mincing together over time? Like, you could make it... You could make, like, some sort of, like, a very uh threatening audio file for me like a murder threat oh wow just like doing clippings of two years of me saying stupid shit (laughs) (laughs) making a murderer season three and that's just like you just just release it (laughs) no i think i'd be more inclined to just release our episode zero okay no no he would hate it he would hate it no please don't know no no that's a trash fire shit fire dude yeah please but to just get in front of it that's what's going on that's our schedule and then we should be back uh mid to end of december for hopefully an episode a week we hope. We hope. We we'll, hope. We'll see what happens. Gotcha. Uh, Daniel. Yes. Are you very excited? I know you are. Why? Look at you. You're, no, 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 no. Why you know that? why. Why? You know why. Evangelion's coming to Netflix. Okay, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to do any of that. But yeah. <laughs> apparently... No, we did. We did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The original series and some of the some of the OVAs. I don't know what the fuck that stands for. O- OVA? What is... Official video anime. Yeah. Right? Probably. Official voiceovers? I Official voiceovers? No, that doesn't work at all. I have no idea. I don't know what it means. No, I, I don't know what it we're, means. Because we're English weebs and we don't know. I don't know what it means, but I can't wait for a new generation to get in the fucking robot and and watch the masturbation scene and and watch... What what else? What, what's a highlight for you in, in Neon neon Genesis? Um, Should I start with the psychosexual Oedipus complex stuff? Should I start with <laughs> the religious overtones? That one too. I just like seeing the Avas fight the angels, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> just great. That's the through line yeah. for me. And then we also got coming. They announced in this one. Um, I don't, I I need to pick your brain a little bit about it. Sure. Fucking Cowboy Bebop's getting li- a live action show. Oh yeah. Netflix. So Netflix is doing a ten episode treatment. Okay. I'm kind of on the fence about it. Like it could be cool depending on who right? they cast for it and who yeah. they get to actually like produce it and write it and all that stuff. But I didn't need it. I'm I'm hoping it doesn't come across as like you know um, the Avatar the Last Airbender movie that M Night Shyamalan did. Oh, I've heard. We're, yeah, it's a wretched movie. One of my least favorite films. Wait, are we getting a fucking Last Airbender live action show as well? Yes, that's actually done by the creators of the original anime. What is what is happening in Hollywood where they just look at like okay, this was a successful animation. You know what? You know what would really translate? Mm-hmm. None of the things that made it good originally. Yeah, like I feel like that's the same the fact that it's animated. That's the same thought for like video game yeah. adaptations where it's like okay let's take a thing people love and go a different direction with it my thing with this is they have 10 episodes to do it right if it feels like a watered down best of hits season it's gonna be weird they need to nail the dynamic of the bebop they need spike ein all those characters in there full fledged um they need to do the vicious and julia storyline justice Mm. because that's a bit that's one of the big through i mean come on they only got 10 episodes though like i i doubt i don't know i don't know if they're gonna get into all that shit well they don't need to do a b-plot where they all trip on mushrooms around the bebop you know i'll let them do their thing i'll let them do their thing but like just remember the components that okay the rustic blue collar space Mm -hmm. that we like and then also the fucking jazz. Keep the jazz. It needs keep, tons of jazz. Keep the rustic shit and maybe you can get away with some stuff, okay? Get bad, bad, not good to <gasps> do the soundtrack. <gasps> I just broke the internet with Yo, that. Yo, that's such a good idea. Why not? You're a beautiful boy. All right, we got to move out a clip with this fucking news, dude. There's a lot of giddy, uh, lot of good video game shit. Hold on. We got one more thing in housekeeping here. The, oh, the Game Awards. Oh! Yeah, Thursday, December 6th, man. When? Thursday, December 6th? Okay, it's a Thursday. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, you can be working? Too busy? Uh, yeah, I'll be working. Well, I won't be working. No, no, no. Actually, I'm off because I'm going to the doctor. Okay. Because that's an adult thing that you need to do. Going to get all your fucking... My fluids changed. Big- oh, okay. <laughs> are you at 10% now? I'm going to get my fucking oil changed, bro. Um, no, okay. You are... You're absolutely correct. The Game Awards, J- Jeff... Jeff Lee Keelily is hosting it. Apparently, he's got a fucking uh, home run. Like, he's he's been pretty... Pretty... Uh, what, what, what would you call it? Pretty confident on the, on the Twitter space. Yeah, there, he's like he's editing these trailers us. and talking mm-hmm. about how he's gonna have the best presentations and presenters even. Giving the giving us these little teases. He's got fucking Christoph Waltz's is showing up for some reason. What? I'm not. Why is that even like? Did somebody like kind of think that he might have been in Red Dead? <laughs> Probably. And they were totally <laughs> they were totally wrong about that. They're like, oh shit, oh no, he's from a hateful. Eight. Yeah. Like an organizer fucked up and like Jeff Keeler was like, oh, but you know, it's Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Add some legitimacy. Watch, he's going to end up like presenting game of the year somehow. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alongside like Pokemane. Well, okay. This is a perfect time to met The Russo brothers are going to be there and, and the internet is shitting their their collective cosplay right now because of it. Um, because <laughs> they think that they're going to drop the Avengers trailer at the Game Awards. Oh, yeah. That's not going to, no, that's not going to fucking happen. I mean, I'll eat a whole crow like live if that does happen i'm just like i'm a fucking idiot do we have your word that you will eat an entire live (laughs) crow crow. on twitch.tv slash the red herb correct (laughs) correct and you will host it auto host my stream of me eating a crow if it happens but more appropriately i think we might actually see something from the fucking avengers game okay 
and maybe they are there to be like oh yeah like they just like they spin around in chairs on stage both of the brothers the the skinny one and the big one mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just like hey check this shit out and fucking blah it would be cool yeah i think they would have to probably come out with uh some members of like square enix or crystal dynamics and it would have to be like a joint announcement mm-hmm. yeah. sort of deal I'm of the mindset where I'm hoping it's going to happen. It probably won't. There are some media types. Andrea Renee thinks they're going to fucking launch the trailer ahead of the Game Awards and then have them do an extended one um, that they ah, present. I think that's an interesting thought where perhaps. they do it, like a one minute teaser before the show or something. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. I, I'm curious. Like, you know, I feel like there could be some things that seem like they would be there. Mm-hmm. Like a, maybe that Star Wars game that uh, Remedy is working on. Oh. Is it Remedy? No, it's fuck. <laughs> that would be cool as shit it if would Remedy be cool. did one. No, Respawn. I meant yeah. to say Respawn. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. We do have some news bits later on about such. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned if you want to hear more about Jeff's soiree that's occurring. Yeah, super video game soiree. <laughs> Actually, like we're immediately dating this episode. Mm-hmm. If we don't get it out in time, people will fucking know the answers to all the things that we want to talk about later. Sure. But we usually look like assholes. Like, give it two days and people are like, oh, fuck. Yeah, we're bad at hitting yeah. stuff in the ens- essence of time. Don't worry about it. You so, all. Who do you think like, is going to take game of the year? Who's going to take game of the year? Yeah. Oh, I forget. Oh, so we got to we got to do that on this show. We got to be like, what are your speculative thoughts amongst the nominees? Right, we got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Spider Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption Two. The answer is clear there. Yeah. Fucking Fortnite's going to take it out of nowhere. Somehow. It's going to burst through the stage like fucking <laughs> <Somebody>. the Kool Aid Man <laughs> and just take the award out of like Rockstar's hands. <laughs> we have the best open world sim get fucked <laughs> wow yeah uh, I, I don't know probably i i would i would kind of uh make a strong argument for spider-man because mm-hmm. it hit it so hard for me but i am super biased because i would suck off peter parker oh so my God. um well i just mean as a fan in general sure. the it's a euphemism for sucking off you, you get me um but i feel like god of war is a serious contender mm-hmm. right there like probably more than probably because that game's so tight so refined there's not a single moment spared that isn't like driving towards a goal mm-hmm. and then it ends on this kind of artsy like all right that's the end of chapter one yeah <laughs> and you're just kind of like fuck okay yeah i'm i'm into this it's a, it's a good i would package. say it's a, a tight three-way race between like red dead god of right. war and spider-man yeah, I Bo- think, both yeah. critically, commercially loved. Mm-hmm. So, what are you you rooting? What are you rooting for? Honestly, I'm ho- I'm hoping for God of War. You know, I would like to see them ascend to a higher status after years of kind of stagnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider Man. I feel like it's between Spider Man and Red Dead, though. Honestly, um, okay. Re- I wouldn't be surprised if Red Dead took it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. either. But you know, fucking Hollow Knight should have won it. Fuck you all. <laughs> Fuck you all. Okay. So usually at this point, we would jump into what we're playing. Um, we're actually going to end yep. cap the episode with that. We feel like we have a probably a 30-minute discussion that we really want to dive into. Um, so where we usually do that, we're going to just do this transform section. Usually it's our quick hits, but we're calling it news now. We're calling it news. Sorry to flip the script on you, roommates, but it's just... It's transformative, yeah. and I don't think you noticed in the first place. <laughs> we hope not. <laughs> I know, like, it's a ponderance in some people's minds. Like, are they still talking about news? This episode is a thought experiment. Actually, this entire show is a thought experiment. <laughs> we're, we're actually been trapped in this room for weeks. <laughs> Just writing these episodes for free. <laughs> Here's some news for you, Daniel. And the first one is near and dear to my heart. And that's sure. why it's on top. Because it has to do with Resident Evil. Mm. Duh. 
<laughs> the Resident Evil reboot film is inspired by RE7. Screenwriter Greg Russo says he has completed his scripting duties for the reboot with James Wan set to direct. In an interview discussing film, Russo said his screenplay takes a cue from Capcom's own Back to Basics approach. Quote, For me, it was very clear-cut that I wanted to go back and make it scary again, like a horror film in terms of the classic James Wan style. So that was the pitch. Going back and looking what made the game scary in the first place, so yeah, Resident Evil 7 was a bit of a touchstone for my draft. Hmm. End quote. I think that's rather interesting. I'm interested to see that too. You think- uh, what a weird place to draw inspiration from, though, like James Wan? Uh, well, it's not so weird because he's going to direct it. I, I feel like that's that's almost like the the the, the um, writer and artist kind of relationship mm-hmm. in comic books where, like, oh, I've yeah. heard Neil Gaiman talk about, like, oh, I write uh, with a certain artist in mind, so I go, like, I play to their strengths. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool that the dude is like, I know he's producing it, and I know he's going to direct it, so yeah. fucking I'm going to play to how he directs and make that fit in the context of Resident Evil. And it seems like part seven would probably fit that the most yeah i'm excited to see him kind of touch base with that iteration of the series and kind of go back to the horror roots much like that game did for the series in fact this dude uh, is just kind of like eh, you know i see what the first fucking six movies that we got out of mm. the series was but i'm not doing that he actually said in the same interview um that he while he enjoyed the over-the-top action in paul ws anderson's resident evil films that's not his angle for the movie quote at the end of the day for me as a fan of the original games, I always consider the franchise to be horror at the forefront and action as a secondary feature. So it just made sense to go back to the horror roots, end quote. You're going to make a lot of motherfuckers very happy saying that, yeah. myself included. Now, there's still all the possibility that despite their best intentions to reboot this franchise mm-hmm. for the feature film, that it could still suck. That's true. First of all, they said that they, um, what, Screen Gems, Sony-owned Screen Gems, said that they uh, contracted Juan for fucking six of these rather than just like, oh, let's do one. Why? <laughs> That's so ambitious and ahead of yourself. Like, 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 <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, look, just let it bake. Let, mm. Let's see where we want to go. Maybe have ideas for like part two, maybe even part three if mm. you're ambitious. But come on. Uh, you know what? I don't remember if we've ever gotten like a big chance to talk about my opinions about the uh, first six films that are sitting out there uh, on, no, on so the show. Let me ask you, have you seen them all? I'm missing like the last one. I think okay. it was like the Final Frontier or whatever the fuck. Okay. I think uh, it came out on like Valentine's Day one year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. So, um, I, but I've seen five of them and I've regretted like four and a half of them. How true to the games are they? not not good not at all (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they maybe capture like the idea like okay there are zombies and here are some settings you might remember but they don't stick to it at all it's like the fucking dubstep remix of resident evil like it takes a bunch of like it just shreds up the source (laughs) and just uses it for its own evil okay which is to say it's just dumb ass action films that just happen to have like here's a fucking liquor Mm -hmm. oh here's a gigantic liquor running through a replica of raccoon city because we can't we feel like that is what resident evil is always raccoon city mm-hmm. always umbrella and then it just it's conflated it in such a stupid manner where uh umbrella despite like by the second film they already created the apocalypse it's called resident evil apocalypse jesus they're somehow still running experiments and fucking trying to take over this dead ass world in the sequels mm-hmm. like they already shot themselves in the foot by part two and the rest are just not that interesting okay and it's the same rote shit and it's like this is not how did we get a truer adaptation with like the silent hill movies like i feel like we had a chance to do like 
horror and action right with this, but like yeah. they totally missed the mark. I I really really feel like that too. It's like at least that Silent Hill movie, while not totally great, mm-hmm. got the tone correct. At least that, yeah. You know, so I feel like especially if you look at RE Seven, like yeah, that's a good tone to get it, but even that gets lost in translation because mm-hmm. RE Seven is really not contingent on the older Resident Evils, mm-hmm. but more contingent on the ideas. Well, no, like seventies horror fare, uh, like well, Evil too. Dead and Texas Chainsaw and stuff. So it's like if you're basing your shit on RE Seven, you're really just basing your shit on established horror movies from the seventies already. Okay, no, <laughs> that, 70s and 80s. that's a fair point. Yeah, so I don't. I we'll see. Do you think that it's just maybe that Paul W S Anderson never quite understood what made the series great? I always, I always feel like he just walked through his kids' playroom one day and he just happened to like see a glimpse of them like playing like a scene from the RPD or a big shootout from RE6. He's like, this is what made the movies great. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm a total believer that when you're adapting something, mm-hmm. it being totally like just adherent to the source material is not good because okay. that it doesn't translate well you know mm-hmm. you video games 12 hour affairs condensed down to two hour movies sure. something's got to be thrown out into the wood chipper but paul just has this mindset that 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 just doesn't fit where it's like okay um when i adapt it monster hunter for instance mm-hmm. i want a weird angle for it such as they're out in the fucking desert. <laughs> They're out there in the desert, and it's like military running into this other world of what is familiar with Monster Hunter. Yeah. And that's his bent for it. And it's like, you didn't need to fucking do that. We're okay with just like create the world from Monster Hunter and make that believable. Mm-hmm. Don't throw this extra dimensional yeah, shit. Don't at throw us. a paramilitary unit starring your wife. Right. Into a fucking dimension where there are (laughs) monsters. Like, no, make it more grounded, I guess. Yeah, in much the same degree, the Resident Evil films are like, oh, his bent is this fucking superhero Mm -hmm. that's the star of all these films, Alice. Whereas the games, like, yeah, Chris is kind of superhero-esque, but they're all kind of grounded in this basis of they're paramilitary or they're trained, Mm -hmm. but they're still human. They're kind of like your everyman. Like, you could just as well be in that position being asked to survive. Right, like, they're just stuck in this outrageous situation. Mm -hmm. and i feel like get the fuck away from that get more grounded that's what resident evil like works for me Mm -hmm. uh is that it's about corruption and corporations and experimentation stuff that's kind of believable but it just results in like these outlandish monsters which is you know the fun and shock of the series Mm -hmm. but just go after that and make that fun but scary at the same time and you'll be okay don't don't do this underworld awakening bullshit that, mm-hmm. that's been going on for like a decade and a half. Yeah, no, don't do that. So that's my that's my speech on that. <laughs> do, you, do you think James Wan is going to add an interesting horror bent with having like I don't know such credits as like Saw and like Insidious and The Conjuring and Annabelle and he does this thing where he directs a fucking movie and like he'll make the first one and then he just like starts cashing the checks for the rest of them. I don't know like mm-hmm. how large of an involvement for all 18 Saw movies he has, but his name is like on all of them and. He also did Fast uh, or Furious Seven. Oh, what? Yeah, he did Furious Seven. Actually, I like that one. So I don't know. <laughs> is that the one where they do like a Paul Walker memorial, or is that an eight? That is that. De- no, you're right. That's a Paul Walker okay. memorial one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Huh? At the end of it. What was the song? Do you remember the song? I don't. No, because okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. Really? You want to watch it right after this? <laughs> I mean, I would need to start over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The next thing on here, Console Wars is getting a TV series. Okay. Producing duo Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are developing a TV series based on Blake J. Harris's 2014 novel, Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the battle that defined a generation. 
Uh, it's actually gonna be a limited release, but a network a network isn't confirmed yet. And I picked this news up from CNET. I'm sure it's everywhere, but I picked it up from CNET especially. Very cool. Uh, I haven't read the book. No, me now neither. I'm definitely gonna pick it up <laughs> because that sounds really awesome. Mm-hmm. And it almost sounds like they can do this cool like social network uh, inside look behind the scenes kind of drama about that but it's about video games i would be interested to see more of like a pseudo documentary approach with it rather than being like straight fiction like i want to see like the ins and outs i want to see a hard look into like the console war that was like sega and nintendo back in the day so you don't want them to to like movie it up or take that cinematic approach that like social network has it would be cool to see like a fincher approach to it but honestly like i think this the story itself and the history between those two companies is riveting enough to just let that stand on its own well if you take a look at their other tv fair that they've done like Mm -hmm. they uh so this duo brought us preacher like i feel like a stylized bent would be their angle for this but Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not totally sure like i i i I like the idea of this kind of inside look into the industry because it seems like there could be a lot of like uh great bickering and shit going Mm -hmm. back and forth but i mean i'm imagining something on the level with a higher budget rather um but of like indie game the movie like i i like seeing what that had to afford us as people who might have more of a cursory glance at video games or the industry and like to get that behind the scenes scope it was so fascinating gotcha oh i see what you mean so you'd rather have like an actual documentary kind of about that yeah Yeah. no this is gonna be a drama okay for sure yeah interesting yeah Yeah, i I totally forgot that the guys uh who did preacher behind this one too yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) seth rogan you forgot seth how can you forget seth rogan's beautiful mug man (laughs) (laughs) i always think about seth rogan every day of my life his toothy laugh (laughs) he's great he's so good yeah he's great Dude, uh, him and Evan Goldberg, they brought us a shit ton of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the end. Um, what was the first one? Ah, oh, fuck. I, I went on a, a date on this well, one. Super they, bad. Super bad. Well, they did super bad. They did, I think, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Pineapple Express. I think that yeah, was like yeah, their, that's a, that's their a triple whole, triad. Yeah, that's their whole fucking... It's great. Yeah. It's great. I want to see this. Okay, cool. Come on. Were you more of a Sega or Nintendo kid growing up? Nintendo. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was a Sega kid. Really? Yeah. What was your, what was the Sega? They just had more style, yeah. Because this is about, like, uh, Sega Genesis and how they went toe-to-toe with Nintendo Mm -hmm. with that shit, and I'm, like, super interested in that story. Yeah, no, it's so cool. I mean, we always hear about, like, people saying, like, oh, I'm a survivor of the console wars. This was, like, pre, like, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Right. This was, like, the original console war. Yeah, I want, I want that. I want a good-ass cast, too, man. Yeah. And don't, don't hire the same fucking, like, I don't want them to just cherry-pick, like, T.J. Miller <laughs> and fucking other Silicon Valley alum in this show. Like, give me some new people. No, new give faces, me give man. me some of those like Fincher people. Like, give me uh, give me like Rashida Jones. Like, yeah. she was good in fa- uh, Social Network. Give me oh, what's her name? Uh, she was in her, and she was also in Scarlett Johansson. No, girl with the dragon tattoo. Rooney um, Mara. Give me Rooney Mara, or give me her sister even. Oh, her <laughs> sister from Fantastic Four, played yeah. Sue Storm. Yeah, nice dude. Yeah, give me her. I don't know. Give me some good people. Give me fucking Bill Skarsgård for the fuck of it. Oh <laughs> shit! No, he he. Uh, no, I'm thinking of um, Bill Hader. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, you can put Bill Hader in anything. Shit, and be... Bill Hader should be in this show. Oh my god. Please. So yeah, I'm stoked. No date on it though. No, nothing like that. They just announced they're doing it. In fact, actually, when they published the novel, that's when Seth Rogen announced that he wanted to make a TV series on it. Oh, wow. Or that he intended to. So now we're finally getting back to actually happening. So an idea four or five years in the making at this point. Yeah. Very cool. Well, speaking of consoles... Give it to me. Nintendo has dismissed rumors about a possible Skyward Sword port. 
fuck? The fuck, dude? We just got hyped about that. I was sort of hyped <laughs> about that. During the Legend of Zelda concert 2018 held in Osaka, Japan, on November 25th, series director Ishii Aonuma teased the possibility of a port for 2011 Skyward Sword. Aonuma stepped out onto the stage and said, quote, I know what you're thinking. So Skyward Sword for the Switch, right? The crowd proceeded to go apeshit. Aonuma previously teased back in 2016 that an HD remaster was definitely possible. However, since then, a spokesperson from Nintendo has come forward to clip our loft wings and squash the rumors. Speaking with the Eurogamer, the rep said, quote, At this time, we have no plans to release The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword on the Switch. Come on, man. Like, don't strand it on the Wii. You know, I for some reason when this news came out, people came out of the woodwork mm-hmm. to fucking dunk on Skyward Sword, and I was like, no, 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 it had a cool art style. It was kind of between Wind Waker and between Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. It had one of the cutest Zeldas. That, oh, that's bar none. Bar none, right? Breath of the Wild. Breath of the, the Wild's like Link. second. No, no, no. I was about to say Link is the cutest. Oh, I'll concede Breath that the... for sure. Yeah, but Breath sure. of the Wild Zelda is like number two. But if we could just link up Skyward uh, Zelda and. Uh, I'm sure there's some DeviantArt about this. For sure, for sure. I don't know. So, like, (laughs) the the rumor initially came after, like, Aonuma kind of teased that at the the concert and we all went nuts and i was like yeah that's kind of cool we we've had a few episodes where we talk about what we want to see for the switch in tor- terms of ports and i'm always like bring skyward because yeah. while that game was maybe held back by like its peripheral controls and the wii motion stuff the story was actually kind of cool the setting was awesome um i know there was a lot of contention because they um decided to forego like kind of the open world circuitry by just having like um an overworld and like levels that you would kind of dive into that were sectioned off but i still liked it like i I, didn't mind that at all i like the hub of skyloft i like the interactions with the characters up there and i loved getting to fucking like Fortnite free dive into like little levels that were actually really neatly designed like that game doesn't get enough credit for how unique like its dungeons were or even some of its like weapon systems i thought the dungeons were fucking great Mm -hmm. i so the only thing that held me back like none of what you mentioned is anything that I had a, a tiff with with this game. It mm-hmm. was only the motion controls. Using the Wiimote didn't feel intuitive, and I didn't want to do it all the time. It tires you the fuck out. Yeah. You just want a normal controller for it. So if, they're, if they were to port it over to the Switch, it'd be great. Just, like, don't do fucking Joy-Con. You can do a little Joy-Con motion controls. Not a lot. Don't, that, don't do too much. It's honestly probably what's holding the port back, because yeah. I think in their minds they really want to use that gimmick because right. it's baked into the Switch itself. Well, fuck. So, I mean, look at how many um, in Breath of the Wild, like those little puzzle dungeons where you like would get like, they would make you like hold the switch in certain ways and cradle it or like invert it and like try and like move balls. And it was really awkward and clunky. I was really not into that. And that's the other thing too. Like Skyward Sword was the last Zelda that had unique dungeons Mm -hmm. and kept that theme that I feel like has been going since the whole series. Like Mm -hmm. they all feel very discreet. Yeah. And then in Breath of the Wild, it was just the same fucking dungeon with a different puzzle every time. Well, it was like 120 fucking shrines (laughs) that felt homogenized, and then like four dungeons that, they felt dungeon light to me, dude. I don't know. I I really, I really liked a lot of what Skyward Sword had to offer. It's all the people are going to hate us, man. We're just like, we're fucking dunking on Breath of the Wild and going like, bring Skyward Sword back. Dude, I don't know. It's, it's We're not a, traditionalists. As, as a fan of the series for a long time, it's interesting for me because it's technically like the start of the series, of the timeline. Like It's the beginning of it all, the beginning of the creation from the uh, goddess Hylia, you know, uh-huh. the creation of Hyrule itself. Yeah. And it's just really awesome the way they kind of position it in the timeline and the world they set up around it. I love Breath of the Wild. I love that sort of hundred years, like Link's been dead. Here's a post-apocalyptic <gasps> setting. Here's like remnants and decay of places that you kind of recognize but are a little reimagined like that shit was neat but like 
Skyward Sword did it differently, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, speaking of that, Ayanuma broke some hearts and said that he wasn't placing Breath of the Wild anywhere in the timeline. He says it falls outside of the Hyrule Historia timeline. Oh, really? Because people were kind of like putting their own imaginings and such about where it fits and how it fits Mm -hmm. based off of like what they've seen in the game and such. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said like, oh, wow, people are kind of sandboxing that and it's already an open world game. So uh, just let them them have Uh, their fan theories. They want that sort of agency that like open world games grant us. Exactly. Like, because that's how Nintendo thinks. Like everything's a game in a meta <laughs> i don't care what anima says that shit's at the end of the timeline it makes most contextual sense we placed it for you yeah. don't you worry ig we got your back yeah uh my only thing is like i hated uh some of the boss fights in skyward sword like having to fight demise like 80 times was a little well, daunting was that the motion controls you hated or just you it was hated the boss it fights? was kind of a weak boss fight okay i did like some of the unique like sword fighting and like parlaying with a uh, uh i think his name's Gearman. i yeah you could make up anything and i would i would agree with you. yeah awesome but no the, the it was a very unique boss design so if they ever do do it it would be interesting to see how they implement that all and what they do with it or if they even give us like a master quest version or something Ooh, yeah that would be how you sell it son or at least that's how you try to justify a 59.99 price tag but reggie said it ain't happening right that's true uh we got some more kingdom hearts 3 news here for you yay kingdom hearts 3 is gone gold after 100 years of delays, many licensing <laughs> deals, and one Keyblade War later, Kingdom Hearts 3 has finally gone gold as of November 20th. In a tweet on the official Kingdom Hearts Twitter, the game's director, Tetsuya Nomura, stated, quote, I'm proud to unveil an extended version of the trailer that's been playing in North American tra- uh, cinemas. And guess what? We've wrapped up development of hashtag Kingdom Hearts 3. If you haven't had the chance yet, now would be a good time to prep by playing one point five plus 2.5 and 2.8 see you next month namura <laughs> ever the salesman what the fuck oh <laughs> uh, okay yeah just wrap your head around this really fucking uh <laughs> convoluted yeah. universe that we've created yeah if you guys don't know 1.5 plus 2.5 and 2.8 is like the complete right. package of all the remasters they did for um ps3 it sounds like you're trying to work out a math formula <laughs> really though what the fuck fucking namura's quadratic equation okay so how i wonder i think you were asking me earlier like what does it mean when a studio says that they've gone gold no i didn't on a game, say, right? i didn't ask you that at all actually oh were you asking about what i wanted for lunch yeah, I, I confuse the two sometimes. <laughs> I confuse the two. No, uh, my my statement was um, I was unsure whether them necessarily wrapping production meant going gold because everybody else said they want gold and in our what we know of going gold it's like okay when a game's ready to be pressed to disc that's going gold mm-hmm. you and you you signified that yeah usually when a game's done with development that's the next signal stage you you would call it feature complete okay. or to a state where because like they also judge like what what is it there's like a, a game has gone i think they use silver they say like oh, okay. game's gone silver because it's like it's almost there but now we gotta like iterate on on content and recurring mm-hmm. and recurring gameplay loops and stuff like that but I don't know, I'm talking out of my ass. I, I haven't made a game yet. Yeah. <laughs> I still gotta make my Harry Potter beat him up. No, it's Titanic 2. Oh shit, Titanic 2 first, where, what, are you fighting your way through the decks to get to the life? Uh, <laughs> life <laughs> well, it would be escape pods, because Titanic 2 is actually in space. Oh, wow. <laughs> we have some weird sidebar conversations, let me tell you That's what. That's true. You excited that this has actually happened? Can you actually believe it, Daniel? I am cautiously optimistic, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> to put to put it lightly um i i didn't doubt we would get this game like after they said okay um e3 2018 they're like here's the release date it's gonna be january 29th 2019 you're gonna get it and i was like okay but what's the caveat you know like what's what's the thing we're missing here i i don't think it's gonna be completely 
done. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to get burned in a similar way that Final Fantasy 15 burnt us. Did you feel that that game was not completely done? Final Fantasy 15? Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that game yeah. could at okay. least use another like month or so of baking and at least ironing out the narrative. You could at least tell that they didn't finish the third act. They're just like, fuck. <laughs> like they didn't. If no. They, if they had all these extra context cutscenes. How much of that is cut content or, oh, we didn't have time to put this shit in there? Well, one of the first major patches post-release was them fixing the ending, yeah. fixing the last, like, three chapters. That's so. what I'm saying. Was that content on the cutting room floor? You're just like, mm, we didn't finish it, so we just pushed out what we had, and then we patched it later? Like, Maybe I, I don't there, know what that is. There's probably a lot of uh, push from the publisher to be like, okay, wait, 10 I just, years, I we had need a horrible, to get this out. Daniel, I had a horrible thought. Sure. So what does that mean if if kingdom hearts 3 does a similar avenue does mm-hmm. that mean like oh shit we forgot to put buzz lightyear in the game <laughs> okay if buzz lightyear isn't in this game day one i'm gonna be a little peeved <laughs> did you know in china they had to blur out uh winnie the pooh completely because people like to uh compare their leader to winnie the pooh all the fucking so time. it's just like what this white cloud with two little yeah. yellow legs yeah what if that happens what if that was just like oh actually the, the whole every international release of this fucking game is the same oh my we god we forgot to put winnie the pooh. i wouldn't be surprised i don't know i don't know so it's still the same i actually have not pay too much attention Mm -hmm. to kingdom hearts for obvious reasons one i don't care that much that's it there's no two okay um (laughs) my question to you is it still following the similar structure of like kind of um there's set levels it's not going open world right i imagine it's going to be like a similar deal where you maybe start off going to a few areas on rails and then via like the gummy ships so the same shit as one and two yeah but we don't really know they haven't really revealed like world traversal from what I remember. Okay. What if they do some shit that blows your mind? Like what? I don't know. I wouldn't know what would blow somebody's mind in a universe where <laughs> you hang out with Goofy and fucking Donald the Duck. You know, anything could go at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fronting so hard, but I actually really enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 1 as a kid, but I'm, yeah. I'm stringently against Part 2 because I find it really boring. Kingdom Hearts 2 was cool. It had like a more interesting, like, um, the gameplay mechanics were interesting, and you had different, like, costume sets that would give you different, like, final forms and finishers and stuff like that um and the combat was still really good my problem is like it's probably going to build on some of the action rpg elements that final fantasy 15 have but i feel like it's what i want still feel a little dated that's what i want you know i no, i don't want dated i want i want 15 i want like a snappy like current gen action rpg i don't want it to feel like it's stuck in like 2008 or something you know what if it is what if it is? It Daniel? might be. I mean, it hasn't had the same troubled development as like Final Fantasy. I think this game was only in development for like five or six years. So let me ask you this: What does it mean for Square Enix, mm-hmm. like long term, if they launch this shit and it's a dud out of the gate? Well, they have the um, advantage this go uh, for it being cross-plat. So like, you know, it's coming across like Xbox and sony i don't know if there's any plans to bring it to the switch probably not but i would imagine not they have a more wide branch and reach for sales so i think it can immediately be more successful than their previous games were okay i think so i mean i feel like there are a lot of microsoft fans who've been like kind of interested in playing the series i I feel like there's just an elevated risk factor for just like okay so if there has been a kingdom hearts coming out every four years let's Mm -hmm. say on that cadence and i mean like a primary one people would not be as jilted about like part three sucking versus part four Mm -hmm. but it's been fucking over a decade since the last mainline kingdom hearts Mm -hmm. just like final fantasy 15 being in development for fucking 14 years 
that expectation is higher and so is like the the disappointment factor so mm. if if kingdom hearts 3 is like not very good out of the gate and i'm not saying that's going to be the case i hope it is good mm-hmm. for your sake daniel people are going to be shitting on it extra hard probably you know? i mean we definitely hold games uh, to a high standard these days especially when it comes to like development cycles and expectations and all that but i don't hype think it's cycles. gonna hype cycles hype cycles but i don't think it's gonna like it's not gonna be no man's sky it's not gonna be fucking fallout 76 like i think it's gonna deliver on some front for fans and like like you said people who love kingdom hearts and love disney and love marvel and love like all these properties like they're already bought in so like it's gonna sell out the gate it's just like is it gonna be what we wanted well i don't fucking know i don't know that any of the games that have come out in the last six years have been anything i've wanted but they've been cool you know <laughs> you don't know what you want until you got it that's, exactly that's how it goes well i don't even think they know what they're doing with it anymore so <laughs> that's the thing like the story's so convoluted and it's all over the place they don't know what they're doing but i don't know we'll see i don't know what this series would have to sell uh i don't know what this game actually would do to have to sell good in square enix's eyes like it's not in the same elevation as like final fantasy but there is the backing of disney and i feel like disney would mm-hmm. want it to sell better and succeed I think you're going to have to let me know how it goes, because mm-hmm. January is when Resident Evil 2 is coming out, and I'm just going to be, like, incommunicado. Yeah, you're going to be in a fucking vacuum just streaming that game every day. Every tweet about RE2, every <sighs> everything I say, every commu- form of communication beyond I'm hungry will be about Resident Evil 2 in the month of January. This is going to be my problem, because I feel like I'm going to get <laughs> sunk into Resident Evil 2, yeah. and maybe have trouble jumping on to Kingdom Hearts 3. Welcome to the sunken place. <laughs> <laughs> no time for Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> So I promise you some game awards news, and I've got some game awards nudes. So n- wait, nudes. <laughs> Jeff Keighley's naked in this oh, podcast. No. <laughs> That's a tier two on Patreon. Oh, but they're professional shots. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll figure out by Thursday. You'll listen to this episode, and then you'll we'll find out if these are true or not or what's going to happen. So, the first thing on here is that Alien Blackout could be revealed at the Game Awards and Kojima might have confirmed that? Wait, what? Yeah, right? Okay, let what me a, just, What let me... a weird name <laughs> to, to have attached to that. To mix up in but there. Cool. Okay, okay. So, Gamatsu dug up a trademark application filed by 20th Century Fox. The application made mention that the name would be used for, quote, online computer games, end quote. That sounds like what, like, your grandpa would call it. <laughs> um, at the beginning of November, Jeff Lee Keeley <laughs> tweeted out an image with the tagline, Worlds will change. Rather than being a general hype tweet for the Game Awards, uh, fans think it's related to Blackout. The font, wording, and a single strategically placed W called to mind Wayland Utani, the nefarious corporation from the Alien franchise. Let me let me push up my glasses on that one. <laughs> on November 20th, Hideo Kojima, stick with me here, Jeff Keighley's bestie and Solid Snake's daddy, visited 20th Century Fox and shared some pics he took in front of the original Alien film's poster, as well as a replica Xenomorph egg. BFD, right? Except the Game Awards Twitter replied to him stating, Worlds will change. Now it's getting intimidating. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so for for some context for you, Daniel, back in January, um, Fox's gaming division acquired Cold Iron Studios with the specific purpose of making a new shooter set in the Alien universe. While Cold Iron hasn't shipped the game yet, 
They're made up of MMO vets that brought us Star Trek Online and City of Heroes. Plus, they've been scooping up talent experienced in shooters, the likes of Borderlands, Doom, and Metroid Prime the Third, my friend. Now, what's Kojima got to do with it? Probably nothing, actually. <laughs> the Foxhound really likes Alien and doesn't seem to ever pass up on a free tour if you follow his Twitter. Like, seriously, he just bombs around with his industry friends. <laughs> that, he really just likes hanging out with people and being, like, seen and just having fun. Right. But however, could you imagine a Kojima-fronted alien game? People were like, oh, it's going to be like, it'll be like PT. No, it's going to be like The Last Guardian. It's going to be about, about <laughs> you, you have a, a pet alien who is your friend and you're solving, you're solving puzzles. <laughs> you're solving puzzles on a space station and you have to use them to go sick, Wayland yutani agents and shit. Okay, maybe you play as like a little girl like Newt, you know, and like you're defenseless. And so you got to use your Xenomorph friend to fucking save the day, man. I call it Xeno and me, a Kojima Productions title. Okay. I got a second title. Hey, you Xenomorph, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- th- we'll have a Let's Go Alien Queen edition, too. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking great. <laughs> okay, so Blackout is definitely a shooter. Okay. So that means it's not being, uh, it's not a sequel to Alien Isolation, mm-hmm. which was made by Ensemble and went straight hide and seek kind of Outlast style horror mm-hmm. where you're trying to outsmart the Xenomorph. Uh, and there's only one. It's like a constant threat throughout. I found that game fucking exhausting, to be honest with you, and I'm yeah. a huge fan of the series. I think both of us are in the same I got, age. like, an hour, maybe two hours into it, and I got stuck on the same loop. I actually didn't get very far into it. I never yeah. got to the point where you actually see the Xenomorph. No shit. That's how stuck I got. <laughs> I think there was, like, a puzzle or something I missed, like, in-game contextually, and I'm like, okay, well, I can't figure this out. And then I restarted it. I was like, maybe it's just a glitch. And then I still couldn't progress. I was like, okay, well, I'm sure this game is good. And then I just walked away. So a lot of my knowledge is what you tell me of it being like 10 to 20 hours of like never ending escalation and tension and terror. It's like too much outlast. You, you always tell me it's a fucking anxiety simulator. Like I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stick with it. Honestly, I come from, I respect Ridley Scott's alien. I think it's a very formative sci-fi movie. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best. But I'm an aliens boy. I'm right there with through. you. Dude. I'm Jimmy Cameron Stooge, man, because I love, I love that story. I love the Colonial Marines. I love Bill Paxton. I love th- them firing at hordes mm-hmm. of xenomorphs. I wanted that. Gearbox fucked that up, and oh, that's God. why we didn't get another fucking FPS like that. But I think it's time to delve back into it. Now, the interesting thing here is that this studio is known for online shit. Mm-hmm. So there has been some pitches where it's like, hey. Uh, actually, there's a quote here I got for you down here. No, I missed it. I didn't put it in here. Well, anyway, when Fox uh, bought them up, they were saying like, hey, we wanted to make something the likes of which fans haven't seen. We're exploring an avenue of the universe that's not, like, has not been in any media. Okay. I'm just kind of like, they're probably trying to make some sort of, like, Destiny-like situation, maybe, you know? Yeah, I would totally be down for that. You know? Like a snappy shooter with, like, Xenomorph. Exactly! Something, I, I, there's something definitely there about that. Maybe exploring different kinds of worlds that are infected by Xenomorphs. Mm -hmm. Worlds will change. Yeah. Huh? There's gotta be something to that tagline. I'm getting tingles about it. No, you, you had asked me before, it's like, what would you like to see? Do you want to see, like, more of an isolation instillment? Or do you want to see, like, something more action-y? I'm like, well, isolation was cool for what it was. I'm sure past that hour i'm sure it's a great game but we didn't get our chance with uh alien colonial marines because of pitchford's you know empty promises and all that (laughs) shit but like there's empty calories of a promise there's a second chance here to do a really cool modern gen 
alien shooter. It's ready baked there, man. Mm-hmm. It's there. I just want somebody to come in and f- actually figure it out, you know. Or the other the other part of that is giving them enough time and giving them enough money to do it. Mm-hmm. They're saying they acquired them in like January of last year. Yeah. I don't know if that's precisely like enough time, unless they're like, hey, we're we're shooting for the tail end of uh, 2019, mm-hmm. maybe early 2020 with this game. Then I would be comfortable with like, oh, they're actually giving it a go. Yeah, this could be a teaser. Yeah, could be a teaser, just a teaser, just you know, a cinematic, and it'd be like, oh, hey, by the way, this huge alien blackout thing. Do you think if they do go kind of like online with it, that they could maintain like a nemesis system? Ooh, kind of like in uh, the Lord of the Middle Earth, right? Yeah, Middle Earth, or even like Left for Dead, like have like these sort of enemy patterns <laughs> that react to you accordingly, or based off of like your death and life design. I would really love to see some division esque shit where you like have to take out hives that like pop up in the world, mm-hmm. you know, with a crew of people, and like that's kind of the thing where it's like that you have different levels of of xenomorph classes, like stronger like kings and shit, because mm-hmm. the comics had like kings and queens. Oh yeah, and, they got super into that lore. Yeah, and like war warriors that are made of mantises and snake aliens because like when the the facehugger gets on like different animals Mm -hmm. it embodies its characteristics (laughs) you fucking explore that in the video game my dog dude and give me a fucking ripley skin to boot yo like obsidian was trying to do that when they had a contract for an aliens rpg back in the day they had like a bull alien like concept art and Mm -hmm. shit like that Actually, speaking of Obsidian, their uh, Game Awards nudes, this is this is a great jumping off point. I'm going to take it, Daniel. Go for I it. I saw the exit and I didn't want to miss it. I'm tired. It's 1130 at night. <laughs> so Obsidian has a new IP. They have art for it. I, I didn't do a big write out about this, but it's like it looks like a sci-fi kind of stylized situation that they got mm-hmm. that they're that they're advertising. They showed like a ray gun of some sort. So, okay. so they got something baking. But what's interesting about it, that this is actually the game that they're fulfilling for take two rather than Microsoft. Okay. So this is not Microsoft-owned Diddy because they bought them up, right? So that that's interesting that they, they have a game in the pipeline that's not specifically f- for Xbox. Yeah, like it could be cross-plat. Exactly. So that's that's so kind of dope. You said for Take Two, do you think it's going to be more of like a kind of open-world online dealie? Uh, shit. Um, it could be. It, it could be something that explores that. But honestly, like Take Two, mm-hmm. they own 2K. Mm-hmm. What if Obsidian's is the one that's been working on the new Bioshock? Like, what if that's like the surprise oh, out of nowhere? Yeah, I actually just connected it in my mind, but like, I I don't think that's true because yeah. I heard it was a different Bay Area studio that was supposed to be tinkering with a a new Bioshock for for Take Two, but I'm I'm not sure. Yo, that would break my mind if they like were helming a new like obsidian's bioshock people would fucking go nuts my dog because like and then it's in space because they're showing off like it looks like 50s art but it mm. looks like it's in space the kind of shit that they're showing oh they're doing key concept art and stuff like it's that? not key concept art it's like literally just art assets like i said uh, like a ray gun and then there's like some other like an advertisement for um spacers is mm-hmm. what it's called it's like yeah be a spacer or some shit so oh cool i think they got something cool in the pipeline i think that's gonna be a really cool reveal yeah yeah fu- fuck yeah actually and if it is bioshock in space which it is just full circle because Bioshock is, comes from System Shock. Mm-hmm. I want it. Yeah, I I feel like it's like a fifty percent chance it's going to be that. But maybe, if it is, maybe like a thirty six percent chance. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's bring the odds down a little lower there, buddy. <laughs> now here's a hundred percent chance of what we won't see. Mm-hmm. Rocksteady isn't announcing a new title at the Game Awards. So studio co-founder Sefton Hill wrote on Twitter, "Quote." <laughs> Looking forward to the Game Awards this year. We're still hard at work in our development bunkers, so don't expect an announcement from Rocksteady Games. When it's ready to show, you'll be the first to know. That's such good, such okay. good sales. I like that. And then, spoiler, 
it's not Superman. Okay. <laughs> End quote. That's what everybody was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, they really want him. Or uh, the other thing was a, a Justice League game. Because mm-hmm. um, it's still kind of set in like the DC universe, people are saying, right? I think Jason Trier like, heard rumors and reported on rumors that they're making a DC universe game mm-hmm. focusing on a group of superheroes but didn't define any other aspects didn't say it was justice league didn't say it was uh anything else except for that it's kind of a service level type game games as a service game uh, okay like uh, another dc online sort of deal well no, no not necessarily of that nature maybe something it like kind of reined in like destiny and all that okay but these are all rumors they could fucking just be like look we got the rocketeer the video game no <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's another fucking batman Dude, I would not be mad if they did, like, a sort of another Batman deal or give us a Batman Beyond game. Like, I think that'd be really cool. You said it. You said it, Dude, I want a Rocksteady Batman Beyond game. I want it so bad. It's so good. Don't they understand that these these millennials are running around wanting Batman Beyond? That was our jammy growing Mm. up. Give us that bad techno, too, man. We want it all. (laughs) Give us that sort of, like, (laughs) neo-punk, cyberpunk feel. Oh, man. Um, What do you think? Teen Titans, maybe? Justice League? I think it might be create your own hero situation okay. that's set in like familiar like DC Like you're this DC hero. Make mm-hmm. your mark on the world. Right, essentially. Because okay. like I would imagine even as developers they would get bored of just aping the same Arkham City, Arkham Asylum style mm-hmm. endlessly and just injecting another DC protagonist. Like, here's the Flash, Arkham okay. City. <laughs> or fucking Lightning City. I don't know what yeah, he's yeah. I don't know where he's from. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's necessarily interesting to them and I don't I think they're smart enough to know that that isn't just a cookie cutter format that you can keep on doing mm-hmm. even though wb has done that basically with lord of the rings and mad max and yeah. <laughs> he, uh, supposedly harry potter is going to ape the arkham style too but i feel ways half and half about that okay it was proven it was a proven style so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cut him too hard no it was i a... played each of those games and they're all fine in their own right <laughs> <laughs> even origins even or- i like origins yeah gets a lot of flack Yo, Origins introduced shit that was baked into uh, the last Arkham game. So That's true. fucking respect. Mad respect. Hey, what came out this week, buddy? Okay, so the last thing we got on this uh, pre-news warm-up here, <laughs> is that what we're calling it? The uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 online beta went live. It sure did. It sure fucking did. So Rockstar is trying to use this as kind of like a feedback period. Um, there's a lot of stress for them being like, hey... We want to see what's working, what bugs you guys are finding. Just QA the hell out of it so we can make a better long-term uh, online experience for you guys. And I think that's smart. Um, they definitely have a lot of leg in the game for what they've done with GTA Online. Mm-hmm. So opening up to a beta and kind of fine-tuning it through there, it's smart, you know? Yeah, I uh, download... Wait, there's nothing to download. I own the game. I got into it last night for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, spooled her up, made a character... Uh, his name is Rusty Steel. Jumped out there. <laughs> you get a few introductory missions and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, that you go through, and then it, like your first mission, mission. It's just like, oh hey, so uh, matchmake. And like I, we both had this moment where we're like, do we have to matchmake? You watched me like struggle with it, where I was like, uh, do I have to do this? You're like, you have to like matchmake. With, you like, were pressing people. every other button imaginable to get out of that screen and be like, no, let me just let me just do the mission. And it's like, n- no. But I did it, and it was actually really cool. Like riding out with like your small gang of like four people and going to like this little fucking outlaw bandit camp to like steal a horse. Like it felt epic. Like. I don't know. It felt unlike anything I've gotten in Fallout 76 so far mm-hmm. in terms of group missions. So it was it was a really neat experience. Whereas the main campaign kind of um, calls to mind 
Clint Eastwood solo mm-hmm. westerns. Uh, the online calls to mind the Magnificent uh, Seven, Seven and yeah. shit like that. Uh, these these ensemble shits. It, it's just that the ensemble that you're rolling with is either uh, a posse of your friends mm-hmm. or complete fucking assholes that are bloodthirsty and want to grief you until the end of time. Yeah, you and Dave got a lot of that last night. We were getting like some weird shit. So Blackwater is like a fucking war zone mm-hmm. it is like the purge wild west out there <laughs> like so like the pause menu doesn't work anymore or i mean to say the start menu is there but it doesn't pause the i mean game. It's, that's You're the online. nature of always online games where you exactly can't pause. so i'm like i'm out there in the town and i'm like okay well i'm behind a house so nobody like fucks with me and i just get shot square in the fucking face and i respawn and then somebody else fucking lassos me and starts dragging me a couple of miles and then somebody else tries to tackle me and it's just like this endless warfare there wow. it's like i don't know all the call of duty players just got they're like what, what, what's what beta's up today <laughs> no it's actually i think it? it's the gta online crowd yeah, no, there. Uh, I I did never really win on GTA Online, mm-hmm. man. So I don't know how bad it was. It, they apparently are a grief set. Me and Dave had this weird instance where I remember, like, I I walked out of the room to talk to you for a second. Mm-hmm. So we were just chilling, like, near some NPC, which. Yeah, unlike Fallout 76, they can actually generate NPC quest givers. Whoa! Yeah, how groundbreaking! <laughs> groundbreaking, <laughs> and um. This guy ran up to us and was like trying to wave and like uh, emote at us and whatnot, and apparently he like dave like aimed his gun at him to kind of like ward him off and the guy ran off Mm -hmm. and then he came back with like three other dudes and then like they started aiming their gun at me and the minute he did it like i just fucking i'm i'm still thinking like main campaign style somebody points a gun at Mm -hmm. you you draw your gun yeah activate that dead eye and go so i shot the guy in the face and then his entire posse like endlessly hounded us every time we respawn, just murdering us and trying to like, you know, fucking throw daggers at us and stuff. And me and Dave went to our camp, which you can set up like in certain points. Mm-hmm. And you raise a white flag and it's a no uh, PVP zone. So mm-hmm. if people walk into your camp, which they can do, they can't kill you. But this posse showed up with like eight dudes by this point. Went from fucking like one to three to fucking eight dudes. And they're all in the camp fucking doing like the fuck you emotes and oh shit my God. and flipping me off and, <laughs> and fucking just like trying to hound me by like getting up in my face and looking threatening at my horse. Like uh, it just you could tell they're waiting for us to step out and so they can kill us again. Mm. And it was just like, what a bunch uh, of jerks. Hell is other people. No, really, though. Ugh. <laughs> but otherwise, I think it's cool. I think the online's cool the missions are, are neat to mm-hmm. do with people because your goal is not to shoot each other in the face but other robots in the face it's as an extension of the main game it runs like surprisingly well like the world like it's not chugging as like you're loading new areas or as you're going across the world like it's seamlessly rendered still beautiful still very immersive like in, in comparison to fallout 76 like you go through these like appalachian-esque areas and i'm like this is way more riveting than anything i have come across in my like solo sojourns or group treks in uh uh fallout so i i don't know i didn't get too far into it so far i no, created my character uh naughty nelly she's a little bandito um and i got my horse and that was it <laughs> i there, there is some fun to be had like I, I i'm not saying i didn't have fun mm-hmm. that was just a weird encounter that's oh, yeah. just endemic of playing with other people dave, dave told me that in his first session after he got his horse and you know set up his character um he said hi to a player character um they kind of stood there he said hi again they proceeded to take out their lasso tie him up get on their horse and he was dragged behind a horse for like x amount of meters and i was like i guess that's griefing in the modern era you know <laughs> like that's gonna happen 
But in the Wild West. In the Wild West. It's a really weird version of Westworld, Daniel. It, it does not seem curated to my interest at all. Other people's interest, though. That's, that's, that's actually Westworld. Murder. <laughs> you got the whims of other people. So that's out there. That's live in the wild. Um, they're going to be free roam missions. You can kind of, you know, hunt, craft, do that sort of stuff you would normally do in the game. Um, there's a leveling system, so you can rank, you can get experience points. Um, but the cool shit is they're bringing kind of like competitive modes and showdown series to it yeah so there's something similar to like a battle royale mode that they got oh, going i've heard on. of those yeah yeah it's called uh make it count so a true test of resourcefulness is in two game modes using nothing but a bow and a handful of arrows or throwing knives to be the last one standing with a gradually shrinking player area there's nowhere to run so that's kind of cool um there's a most wanted mode it's a tactical race to the top every kill pushes you up the scoreboard but watch out the closer to the top you are the more points everybody else gets for killing you kind of neat uh hostile territory where you're kind of like poising for control of like land and territory and kind of like turfdom and all that um and then there's a shootout and team shootout mode so it's i don't know it seems like there's going to be a very cool online ecosystem for this game and it seems like they they want to continue working on it and iterating on Mm -hmm. it based on that my one thing is that it was so interesting comparing it to fallout 76 like they both have the same question to answer which is an online version of their single player uh games Mm -hmm. And they have different solutions to different problems that they face. Whereas I feel like 76 like falls apart on a lot of things. Like, yeah. Simple things like walking up to a, a workbench. Only one person can do it at a time. Okay. Whereas Red Dead Online, like when you go to a, a shop, it basically like makes a character invisible if you're like searching through a catalog. Mm-hmm. So nobody ever gets that fucking standing in a queue MMO bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's, it's interesting to see like Red Dead does so many things right. But the PvP nature of like the constant PvP is not a good thing. I almost want them to take 76's solution to that. So. Well, yeah, 76's solution is it has to be mutual. Like you shoot somebody, they have to shoot you back, and then you engage in it. This mm-hmm. is like somebody can come out of nowhere, like you said, and just shoot you, and boom, you're like involved until you decide to quit or they decide to pe- quit being dicks. Exactly, which <laughs> is kind of discouraging in a lot of ways. But I don't, I don't know. Very different. Um, I I do like that it has a very separate narrative thread to it for being an online experience. It offers me a different slice of the wild yeah, west. Yeah, you, you you like the madam. It's kind of cool, yeah. It's kind of cool. I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah. That, that I actually want to do the missions. We should play some. We should. We play should. Some together for yeah, sure. I like that they're stranger missions, and I am excited to kind of sink more time into it. You last night you were pushing me. You're like, "Hey, you're gonna get on this Red Dead." I'm like, "Dude, I need to get through the story." And you're like, <laughs> yeah. "No, just create your character and just do it. It won't take you very long." And I got sucked into it for a little. What's bit. What's your character's name? Uh, Naughty Nelly. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Is that it, a is that a Hill House reference? No, it's a reference. Oh wow, actually no. <laughs> and no, it's a reference to um. Aaron's character from The Office, they, there's an episode where they uh, play a game of like Savannah murder mystery, like who done it, and that's the player card she picks. She's like, oh, I'm not in Ellie. How do I know you? Uh, I don't know. How do I know you? <laughs> Listen, I, I like I, The Office. How have I known you for so long, too, is the question that comes up a lot. Anyway. I do have a shout out article of the week. This one is why Super Smash Brothers fans can't stand disrespectful spoilers. Hmm. This is written by Allegra Frank and you can find it on Polygon. I like her. .com. I like her a lot. I She's like her great. writing a lot too. She's a great, I love her <laughs> and Patrick Gill and I forget the other guy, the guy that does the stupid like, uh, the, which, which is the most dateable person from the Castlevania series. Oh God. <laughs> Who's the one who did the, uh, the Legend of Zelda timeline? That's him. That's, oh, that's him. Okay. Same guy. I forget, I forget his Brian name. Brian something. Brian something. Brian yeah. something. They're all great. Um, so this article kind of mentioned where 
It had to do with the people have gotten a hold of retail releases of the game before it comes out on December 7th. Okay. And are leaking certain aspects of the game that Nintendo hasn't talked about, including uh, World of Light in its entirety, how and when you can unlock characters and stage information, as well as music tracks that weren't previously announced, shit like that. Mm -hmm. And people are upset about it. Now, the interesting argument here is that from the outside, people are like, well, fighting games, a part of the marketing push is kind of over-explaining a lot of the mechanics mm -hmm. and explaining which characters are in there and getting people hyped uh, about, well, trying to like just show them as much as possible to make them want it on a technical basis okay. versus like, uh, let's say, Last of Us, where you would want to keep a lot of things close to chess because they are a surprise since it's such a narratively driven game mm -hmm. so that's why people are kind of confused at the push i see both sides like it sucks to have something that you've been waiting for spoiled but where are you at with that my thing is like nintendo has over marketed and over pushed this game and over explained it in the first place so like they've already detailed like yeah we're gonna have 900 tracks and here are all of them we're releasing them on the daily on our nintendo blog like you can hear them here i've seen way way too extensive tech displays of like what mario can do against like dark mario against dr mario against all these characters like yeah so they're they're definitely already over explaining as much as it can i've already seen too much of this but for something like this to come along where it's like well here's a song you might not have known was in i'm like i don't really care like it, okay sure i actually i need to know more of how world of light works yeah let me know like how i can actually unlock characters in it I'm going to figure it out eventually. Like my, <laughs> Somebody's my, got to write a game facts out there. The, They've got to be the first one to the job. Exactly. My <laughs> thing about like um, Smash is like, okay, Subspace Emissary from Brawl. Like, I'm not invested in the combined stories of these characters like I am in their individual games. Like, yeah, I don't want a Zelda game spoiled for me because I think those narratives are integral to that property. Whereas, like, I don't give a shit what Link's interplay is with the fucking Super Smash Brothers Glove War. Like, I just, you know, it's for me, it's very, like... It's low impact, but I could understand somebody who's super stoked and super excited, like wanting to savor every detail for themselves and kind of figure it all out on their own. I see that too, but yeah. like, just like you're saying, uh, Nintendo has like rolled up their sleeves so much in this game and showed us so much yeah. that a leak be like two weeks before it comes out doesn't feel like a big leak you know it's just kind of like oh things that we were going to know anyway yeah it's just like oh here's one more thing okay kind of cool whatever like it's not the same kind of leak as like um or or spoiler i guess you could say as somebody ruining dumbledore's death in like harry potter okay so this was a big one for me where like in my senior year i kind of sat on half-blood prince for a while and everybody was spoiling that i was like fuck okay that kind of sucks. But for me, it's like, well, I'm not going to shun the game or shun the book because it was ruined. No, I, there's still an entire journey, an entire relationship between Harry and Dumbledore, all his horcruxes, all his interesting backstory that leads up to his ultimate demise. That's interesting to get to. There are people being like, well, you spoiled this, how I fucking get, how I unlock Peach. I'm not going to play this game. No, you're being a little baby. Like, what does it matter? Like, you should still want to be able to experience it and know how it's going to happen. Dunk on him, motherfucker. So. <laughs> no, I agree. It's like, uh, I get it. It sucks, but I don't think we should be, you know, uh, torches and pitchforks about this shit. No, I think everybody is um, entitled to their own right of how they want to receive a product. Like, you know, if you don't want something spoiled like we do, like, hey, stay away from threads like Reddit or Twitter during certain times. Stay away from reveal videos or spoiler casts. Like, you know, don't indulge in that sort of stuff. Like, I can, if Nintendo had an overmarketed this game, I could honestly stay away from most of it because I'm just not engaging with that stuff. Hell, if uh, Bethesda spoiled more of Fallout 76 to me, I might not have bought it. Oh, oh wait a second. Whoa, that was a deep cut, <laughs> but you know, we got more of those coming. Yeah, we do.
You got some more on Nintendo? Um, I Nintendo. It comes out next week, and I'm excited to play it. I'm excited for you to play it. Yeah. And I'm also going to play it, maybe. You're going to get it, and we, we talked about it earlier, where it's like, we're kind of bummed because we have to play it locally, because we're not going to buy into Nintendo's online subscription. No, I think... Yeah, no, I thought... <laughs> I mentioned that today. I was just like, if I want to play in my room and you want to play in your room, we got to pay to do that, dog. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I'll get my Switch and I'll come in your room. We'll just chill like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> At that point, should we just have one copy? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, we should have two copies. Well, I'm going to go hard on mine and unlock all this other shit. So you oh, can unlock your right. World of Light how you want to. I'll spoil it for you if you want. I'll You're right, because they don't out. do like duplicate saves and shit. No, on, they don't. Usually on Nintendo That was always the really annoying thing yeah. about um, Melee, where it's like anytime I wanted to like have a certain amount of characters that I'm playing with with my friends, I had to bring like my memory card, or I had to help them unlock characters. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so you better unlock every character that I do. Do I have to unlock Luigi? Probably. Really? Probably. He's not a part of the starter set? I think you still have to unlock the starters, don't you? I'm not going to do that. Reggie. Reggie. Reggie, you fucked up. (laughs) Daniel? Todd Howard is a war criminal. Oh, yeah? Is he wanted for crimes against gamers? I can't prove it. But I feel it. And I don't think anyone can disprove it either. That's true. Okay. And if we did, he'd bug his way out of it. (laughs) (laughs) He can't keep doing this. Oh, God. Breaking (laughs) that. That's right. Our top story for the show is the Fallout 76 Fallout. Strap the fuck in. There is a lot to unbuckle. And it kept on evolving every fucking day. There was something like a new shit splatter on this story. Okay. I feel like every day, every hour on the hour, it's something new and mind bending. Like how, how is this game at this level of, of disaster? It's like, we need a fucking new scroll on the bottom of a, like every fucking Twitch channel to let us know what Todd Howard is doing. Todd Howard has fucking chucked a keyboard at an employee's head. Pete Himes is getting into a fucking, he, he, there's Russian collusion with people. so here's how it begins my friend drop this nuke on me (laughs) apropos yeah since fallout 76 november 14th release things haven't been especially great for bethesda's online multiplayer prequel on metacritic the pc version of the game currently sits with a 54 meta score and a 2.8 user score not like super fantastic huh I also want to call to mind the fact that Obsidian missed a bonus payout on the on the because uh, Bethesda said that they needed to get an 85 Metacritic score. Fallout New Vegas, when Obsidian made it, only got an 84, and they missed on that payout bonus. So this is a little bit of karmic Whoa. lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The game's launch has been stymied by a range of technical problems, from constant server disconnects to game-crashing bugs. We're hearing stories about there's one player who can't fucking die and they just want to die. They say the game's so lame when you're invincible, but they can't get into like a death state. Aren't they like a level 100 or something and they're just like every immortal? Oh my god. <laughs> so are they just thirsty and starving but undying i think that's what it was actually it's like saw... a horrible Anne rice novel set in the post-apocalypse oh my god <laughs> uh bethesda quickly released a patch weighing in at 56 gigabytes that seemed to do little to throttle the problems players were facing in fact it keeps on crashing my ps4 pro uh yeah within the first seconds of me loading my client after that update uh my character appeared in the game just a head arms no body <sighs> It's actually happened every time since I've loaded the game. 
I've, oh my god, really? Yeah, this patch has done nothing for that. I've seen people's um, camps. They look like the fucking third act of Interstellar with the light cords. Like, it's oh, just like, like the like, color columns? It's streams of like oh pixels and shit going up into the universe. Fucking Rainbow Road. <laughs> so a Washington, D.C. law firm is pursuing a class action lawsuit against Bethesda in the hopes of representing players dissatisfied with the quality of the product. That same firm is investigating reports from Reddit users that Bethesda was and has now stopped processing refunds for the game on PC. Keep in mind that since the company decided the release on their proprietary Bethesda launcher, customers are subject to their own return policy, which disallows refunds of digital content unless mandated by region-specific laws. Fact. Okay. So there, there's a lot to unpack. Do you want to like stop here real quick and like break this? Sure, point sure, down? sure. Yeah, I think we should we should take some uh, some Todd breathers here. Oh god, we're gonna need to, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> so I don't know what basis that they can really get him on on that because mm-hmm. it it's is it a materially different claim that oh hey they promised us a functioning game. In fact, they Bethesda sent out a letter saying it's gonna be a goddamn shit show, and it turns out yes, correct. Yeah, that was their open letter disclaimer before they launched the beta. Like, okay, well it's gonna be a shit show but we hope you will embrace this with us and make mm-hmm. a better game because of it it's i think it's a completely different story than hello games with no man's sky where that game was advertised as like this sort of every immersive ever expanding online experience and what we got was very pale in comparison like, well there there was also over promises where that was supposed yeah. to have multiplayer and it didn't have that at launch so yeah. people were making complaints against that but that's, that's a little different they 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 kind of told us everything to expect mm-hmm. it's just we did we expected it to fucking work it doesn't work it's not turning on for people mm-hmm. okay that's happening for me where it's like i'm getting fucking server disconnects more often than i'm getting level ups yeah we played on um thanksgiving we ended up streaming it together and you were having like just the most random bugs and glitches where like your menu <sighs> ui was just like stuck on screen it was awful it was like being in hell dude <laughs> it's like i nothing was working correctly i couldn't fucking uh like waypoints weren't g- navigating me to the correct place certain items weren't working right Mm -hmm. like they weren't like i was getting stuck in uh workbench animations without the ui popping up and then it would pop up like on my map like the fucking actual crafting ui just showed up in the map (laughs) it's fucking what the hell so i mean bugs were expected because like what bethesda game doesn't ship these days with a substantial amount of bugs i don't know some of this isn't acceptable though why is what that statement previously acceptable? Yeah, you know, we expect Bethesda to be buggy. Well, we should expect them to get better. We have given them money time after that's time. True. And it's not like they're a 10-year-old developer, 8-year-old developer, an indie fucking studio. They are a AAA yeah. developer yeah. with a publishing presence. They have a lot of skin in the game. We should hold them to like a lot higher of a standard and really push them to do better and not using the same engines and the same assets and shitting out games that are just acceptable for them because they know, well, it's Bethesda, you'll buy it anyway. Like, I don't think that's fair to your consumers and your fans. They can't even follow the examples of the third-party games they publish, like Doom and Wolfenstein, which are fucking polished and work. Yeah. I, I would say in the past, like, I don't know, a few years since uh, Fallout 4, like, the published games that they put out have had such a caliber of design and polish to them that knocks their own self-developed games out of the park. It's kind of embarrassing that, like, a, a studio like Machine Head or Id can come along and just, like, demolish them in-house. Well, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> like, but granted, those are different types of games, different types of experiences, but, like, still, there should be a pedigree to your work. On this level, do you think there's kind of credence or merit to people saying, hey, you sold us like a, you over under promise, you sold us a game that we 
didn't expect. Do you think fans should be entitled to refunds? Do you think going forward, they should be able to allow that or what? I think, again, we're talking about a AAA publisher mm-hmm. that is backed by a parent company, which is a multimedia company called Zenimax. Yes. That they can take it on the fucking chin. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What is this This pushback of like, oh, no, no refund. No, no, we can't do that. No, dude. You sold an unfinished product. Mm-hmm. It is completely obvious that this should not have hit a November launch date. Your beta which came out two fucking weeks before your release date, showed these problems were fucking endemic and consistent. And you still fucking did it. You still went with it, Because you decided that you're going to go with the mentality that has been illustrated before and criticized before, which is launch first, fix later. That is not acceptable on a consumer basis. You lose trust with your audience when you do that. And you should not be congratulated. You should not be supported after that point. If a smaller company launched a game like this mm-hmm. in this broken nature, they would be out of business. That's true. And Bethesda is going to get a pass because, oh, but Skyrim, though. Well, it's like they're leaning into their own merits with that and then i feel like they're leaning into like the games of service mindset where it's like well we can launch a broken game or an unfinished game and just reiterate it because you'll be there long term like they're really hinging on the hope that people are going to stay with this for months or years and like stick out for the ride and it's like dude this has left such a bad taste in people's mouths that you're lucky people are still buying it even this is not even an instance of like 76 came out and it didn't reach its design goals or it's just kind of disappointing it's not working yeah that is a different argument than disappointing it is mechanically and structurally incomplete mm-hmm. <laughs> you we i'm gonna say it again we can't keep letting them get away with this <laughs> i i do agree with you they have the backing of a major major media company they should take the refunds on the chin but granted it's a case-by-case basis like that's all subject to like retailers GameStop, a brick and mortar shops right, digital yeah, retails right. like so like i guess if like they bought it through like steam or like an online retail that like they can kind of it's not being sold through steam like i said it bethesda's own launcher Uh, so so it's not subject to steam's return policy whatsoever so anybody who bought it through launcher i feel like should be entitled to a sort of refund absolutely i agree too just take that on the chin people are unhappy and they'll Mm -hmm. and the fact that if you take care of them now and go like you know what we understand your frustrations here you go. Here's your refund. We're going to keep on working on this. We're going to try to make it right, and hopefully we'll get you back later. I think the damage is done yeah. and deep, but I feel like they still need and can financially to try to hit that gold star still. Mm-hmm. They need to do something about this. Because if you don't do anything about this and let it be a shit show and then say, oh, yeah, we're going to have an E3 uh, stage present in 2019, I'll be like, fuck off. Who gives a fuck? fuck yeah, you. they're going to need to do major damage control between now and then before they can think of even elevating experience like Starfield or whatever else they've got coming next because like the response is bad. The Metacritic score is very low. The sales are down 86% from Fallout 4, which came out three years ago. Right. What, like a week ago? This game came out... November 14th. 14th, yeah. It's December 1st, so 16 days. It's already as low as $30 at some retailers. Like, what is going on here? I wouldn't be surprised if by, you know, six months from now, it's free to play Let's with hear how it. bad it is. I <laughs> If they're refusing to give you fucking refunds, they ain't about to make their game free. Okay, now let's hear from Bethesda here. So after a spell of silence, the company finally spoke up on their own site and said, quote, 
As we continue to read your feedback and watch your streams, we understand there are also a number of frustrating issues. Yep. We want you to know that we're committed to rolling out fixes and features on a regular basis and implementing changes based on your feedback, end quote. Now, Bethesda detailed two stabilizing patches aimed at addressing the slew of glitches terrorizing West Virginia. The first update, slated for December 4th, will fix boss loot drops, players getting stuck in their power armor, what kind of hell, <laughs> and will increase your stat limit from 400 to 600 pounds. The second update, uh, which releases December 11th, will rectify camp placement problems upon login, allow players to respec stats once they hit level 50, and will let you remove clutter like rock and trees from build sites. I wanted that. I can't place my goddamn camp anywhere. That's why I still haven't built a camp, because no terrain is friendly enough for what I want to put down. <laughs> Anything that's, like, slightly hilly is like, nope, you're never gonna put it there. That's why I had to put it in a radiation zone, because it's the only thing clear. Now, the stash uh, limit thing is interesting, because I think that that's a really technical basis. I understand okay. from a consumer standpoint, somebody would be like, why don't you just give me unlimited storage? Mm -hmm. But the answer there is memory issues. Uh, I'm very certain that they're having a memory leak or clutter or something is just not working when you have that many UI items pop up at once in one place. Well, I'm sure it's made ex exponentially more unstable over the servers too, so... Online as well. See, that's that's the uh, basically the, the monkey wrench that they have to accommodate mm -hmm. for, which is fucking online play as well. And it looks like it's not going well. Now... Here's another interesting thing. The studio's reps offered up a more uh, supplicating apology, is what you can call it, on Reddit, stating, quote, We know you're frustrated and angry at the state of things right now. <laughs> Whether it's the issues you're running into in the game or the lack of communication about fixes, updates, or news, we didn't want you to think that the silence meant nothing was happening. We're sorry, and understand this was not the right approach, and we'll work to make a better bridge between you and the dev team at BGS, end quote. I will point out that they're actually, when you read that, it looks like they're just apologizing for being silent rather than apologizing for shipping an unfinished product, but I don't think a, a AAA studio would ever <laughs> do that. But it kind of did happen with Battlefront 2, right? They were mm -hmm. just like, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like they went to like an E3 stage. Didn't they do that this year? Or am I having a fever dream? No, it was E3 2018 where they kind of got in front of it and were like, hey, sorry, the game that we launched was not the one you wanted, but we're going to put support in it, make it better, make it there more tailored for you. This, this is a little better than that. And it's not quite the No Man's Sky thing where it's like radio silence. Like they're at least addressing their silence. <laughs> true, 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 true. Uh, okay, what in your mind do you think is like, well, first of all, for me, they need to fix the baseline of the game, mm -hmm. right? They need to make sure that works. But where else do they go with it? If they fix all the bugs, all the crashes, all the bullshit, don't they still have kind of a boring online take of their Fallout franchise? Like, don't, don't they, they, I feel like they need to do way more significant work to kind of meet fan expectation now. I mean, they're going to need to restructure a lot of the mission designs and some of the events even, because like what, what I can do with my friends, it's not like super engaging or fun all the time. Like we got down on some of the events and like, this is kind of lame, you know, defending reactors or uh, processing machines while just endless waves of zombies come at me or scorchers or whatever they're called it's just like it kind of gets tiring after a while it's the reason i'm not engaging with the events like i would in a game like i don't know destiny you know <sighs> yeah. so they need to really rethink how they move forward in terms of their 
group missions or things of that nature. Or their AI, the rubber band AI, where mm-hmm. like they just run up to your face, every single enemy, constantly until either you die or you fucking get the kill shot. I, I think they do need to scale back some of the enemies in the game because it is a little too much. Like you already had me in an online ecosystem where I can't pause my game and it's always running and I have to deal with other players and all this other stuff. It's like dial back the enemies and make it a little more manageable. Yeah, because like you still require me to like dive through my goddamn pit boy for like uh items like food and 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 purified water Mm -hmm. to get down my thirst and shit while i'm being attacked (laughs) yeah i think they need to scale back some of that scale back some of the survival elements to it and make it more manageable i think like a lot of the ideas that they might have had in mind would have possibly worked for just an offline single player experience but you have the monkey wrench of an online ecosystem and Mm -hmm. it makes it harder to manage (laughs) it really really does now Another thing occurred, and it's it's a little bit different than the game coming out, but it, it compounds against the, the ill will coming at Bethesda this week, mm-hmm. and it has to deal with the fucking collector's edition of the game and a certain bag. So fans that purchased the $200 Power Armor edition of the game, which comes with a number of goodies, including a wearable T-51 Power Armor helmet, and was supposed to come with a West Tech canvas bag to tote the said helmet around in, we're kind of uh, mad right now, Daniel. Uh, yeah. So I texted you the other morning because we we'd actually done a soft run of this episode and we had so much of this written up. But I was like, hey, Bethesda did more. And you're like, how could they have done any worse? I was like, did Todd Howard punch somebody straight in the throat? Like, what <laughs> happened? Is he is he doing the Uva Bowl and trying to fight games journalists? What's mm-hmm. what's going on? Nope. So here's what it is. What fans actually found when their edition shipped was a much cheaper nylon bag in the box. This is despite the fact that Bethesda's own site clearly marketed it as a military-style canvas bag. So, it gets worse. One Bethesda Gear Store support associate responded to a customer's complaints about the bag with a quote that jilted fans have angrily latched onto. And it is, We are sorry that you aren't happy with the bag. The bag shown in the media was a prototype and was too expensive to make. We aren't planning on doing anything about it, end quote. Whoa. Whoa. Now, actually, Bethesda has since said that the representative was simply a contractor spreading ridiculous and inaccurate information. (laughs) Okay, Okay, sure. I rather think that's exactly what happened, but whatever. We don't know for sure. That, whoa, that's Uh, not how you handle a fallout from a a promise of a... ultimate edition i'm sorry i mean if he was a contractor it's like fuck it drop the mic i'm getting getting contacts galore about this bullshit not getting paid to deal with this big beth curtly apologized under twitter stating quote we understand and respect that there is disappointment with the bag and the power armor edition we are sorry please contact bethesda support to provide proof of your ce purchase they will assist in granting your atom or granting your account 500 atoms end quote let me explain what that means daniel atoms are the in-game currency used to purchase cosmetic items and camp uh, decorations in the atomic shop okay you can earn atoms or spend real world cash to accrue more (laughs) by the way 500 atoms shakes out to about five dollars (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> okay which is probably more than the bag that they actually paid for that bag in the edition yeah probably <laughs> and so on their actual website they said please pick yourself up something nice on us from the atomic shop like they're this fucking detached sugar daddy that just doesn't get clean yourself up and here's a 50 <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I don't know how many people bought the collector's edition for, you know, the canvas bag. I'm sure a lot of people were in it for the helmet, you know, the fucking power armor helmet. But there are probably people who were genuinely interested in having that canvas bag mm-hmm. to be doled out a cheap nylon substitute and then being told, well, you know, we're not going to do anything about this. Here's five bucks of in-game currency. Buy yourself a fucking plant. That you may or may not be able to put down because you can't lay your camp down. Could you imagine like, that being a response? Like, oh, I'm sorry you're disfat- dissatisfied that we um, basically falsely advertise this expensive collector's edition. Here's some Todd Fun Bucks to go spend on some shit that is negligible and doesn't actually exist because it's just handcrafted fucking art assets. So we spent 60 bucks on this game. We These sure people did. spent 140 more dollars on this package right here. I couldn't imagine them telling me, hey, we're sorry you're dissatisfied with the game. You can't return it. And me, this canvas bag that you were excited for, well, you got to live with it, man. I hope that helmet's good. Oh, God, it better be. That helmet's better be fucking great. Oh, man. It gets worse. Todd keeps on giving to us, Daniel. Uh, it was also revealed that Bethesda did, in fact, make canvas bags and has been sending them out to influencers... <sighs> But it's a different bag, sure enough. But it's still a bad look. That's not good. That's, that's not, not a good looking good. I'm so good. sorry. Like that's not okay. <laughs> Bethesda has. Uh, we found out where the vats went from Fallout 76. They've been using it on their own feet and just been firing a shot after shot. <laughs> Critical hits on their fucking poor little feet. <laughs> they have the bloody mess perk on too. Oh my god. <laughs> this is fucking. Oh my god. Okay. Again, it comes down to customer trust. It comes down to getting in front of things. Mm-hmm. If you know that something is going to launch and somebody knew, mm-hmm. somebody knew that they weren't going to use that con- canvas bag. It's not like nobody just, it's not like somebody made the art asset, put it up in the store and was like, yeah, fuck it. Man. Somebody's in charge of it. Somebody knew it looked exactly like that. Uh-huh. And they did not intend to use that because, yes, that, that is a perfectly reasonable explanation. It is too expensive to include that nine or sorry i mean to say that canvas bag in the 200 dollars edition it would raise the price yeah it would have been like 250 or whatever but uh oh we let people pre-order a 200 dollars edition before we knew we can get everything in the box i think at the point of manufacturing where they figured out it would have been too expensive that's when you're like hey we can't follow through on that promise we have to dole out nylon bags instead we're sorry we can maybe offer you adam at this point you know but get in front of it ahead of time don't fucking start sending them out and being like hey this is what you're getting deal with it bye remember how wb uh, dealt with it with the uh, arkham knight there's supposed to be a special edition with a batman statue mm-hmm. and they were like eh we're not doing it right before release because there was uh, dissatisfaction with the quality of it apparently there's a lot of fucking breakage on the statue oh, okay that's how you do it it's disappointing but you refund people, you take care of it, yeah. you take it on the chin, and you wipe it off later, but you've earned their trust, and that goes a long way with your audience. Mm-hmm. This, however, will be remembered as, as small of a slight as it may be, a, a bag, a part of a special edition where the cornerstone is actually this cool mm-hmm. fucking helmet. People are focusing on the bag, and you're like, oh, it sounds stupid, but it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's more about you weren't upfront with your customer, you mm-hmm. handled it badly. And you've lost their trust, therefore. That's it. Don't do that. You are a triple-A fucking company. You publish games. You have a conference at E3. Yeah, you take up an hour of people's time. You have a responsibility. Okay? 
I think, no, I absolutely agree. We need to hold them to a higher standard, not just with the games that they put out, but with these promises. It's not okay to take a fucking sort of corporation approach and be like, hey, fuck you guys. We have your money. Uh, we'll see it next E3. You're going to buy our games anyway. Like, that's not okay. That's unconscionable. Like, why don't you want to do better by your consumers and your player base? Like, don't you want us to look forward to what you're doing? The next game that they come out with, like, <laughs> if there's any sort of addition, people are going to look at it very skeptically. They're not going to have the same sort of stock faith in Bethesda because they're like, well, this is how you burned us the last time in multiple ways. Here's how they think of us, Daniel. The perception that big publishers have is that we have goldfish brains, mm -hmm. that we forget about these. We move from controversy to controversy. One week, we're angry about a mobile version of our beloved franchise. The next week, we're mad about a pack-in and a collector's edition. Mm -hmm. The next week, we're going to move on to something else. The next week after that, we're going to move on to something else. I advise fellow gamers out there to have longer memories. Well, I think with the sort of uh, social media imprint that we have now, it's like there's more long-term memory of these actions. Like Documented. He, documented. People are going to remember all the threads and all the problems, all the promises and all the articles from Kotaku and Polygon and elsewhere that, like, you guys fucked up. Like, mm -hmm. we're not as quick to forget. Like, it's, it's kind of stained in our memory in a lot more visible way. I'm just saying the next time that Bethesda does something or next time they're trying to get you on a hype cycle about one mm -hmm. of their titles that they've been, you know, pumping out forever. Mm -hmm. Think twice. Eh, just think about it. I, th I Honestly, I do think um, at this point we should have waited. It sucks. <laughs> like, I, I hate, like, going into experience because I was super, super stoked on Fallout 76. I'm just like, yeah, I'm really, really into this idea, this sort of experiment with the Fallout 4 brands and, and what they could do here. But, like, I just... it. It's so lackluster and it's not delivering for me. And I honestly, like, I probably could have waited a week and been okay, you know, saved mm -hmm. 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm not, I'm definitely less excited about Bethesda, Bethesda's future projects at this mm -hmm. point. Starfield, uh, the next Elder Scrolls, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. But they, you know, they dick me around at launch. Mm -hmm. They do stupid shit behind the scenes and then they, you know, they don't foster trust when they do stuff like this with the collector's edition. And I'm just like, ah. That's going to dissuade my money at first. I may not be. The first 14 days are actually the most critical for mm -hmm. game sales and lifetime and all that. It's like the absolute most because that's when you have the hype, you have the marketing that builds up. It's yeah. a crescendo essentially. And that's when people engage and buy it. And that's when the conversations are about it are the strongest. I'm going to walk outside of that 14 days now. I'm going to be like, eh, I'm not going to buy your games at launch. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let people talk about it and just think and see and watch and, and then come in like a fucking vulture when there's a $35 deal and you fuck up. Maybe don't fuck up. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I need them moving into next gen to deliver on a lot more fronts. I need their games to perform a little better. I need them to feel a little better. Um, we have Cyberpunk 2077 coming out at some point in the future. That game is going to embarrass the last five years of Bethesda games, like, immediately. <laughs> like, The Witcher even, like, dates all those Bethesda games with what it did with its sort of action RPG elements and even RPG elements. So, like... Mm -hmm. We're going to look at the games that do it better, and if they don't continue to like step up their game, or if they don't step up their game, period, rather, they're going to get left by the wayside. You were telling me already that fucking Fallout 76 has already made 86% less sales than Fallout 4's launch in the same time period. Yeah. That's not good. A business analyst would shit their pants looking at mm. those numbers. Like, who the fuck and why the fuck? Like, these numbers, this isn't a case of people review bombing for the sake of it. Like, no, people are, I think, reviewing it earnestly and honestly here and just yeah. really saying, like, this game is buggy. It's not what we wanted. It's not what you promised. It's not what we even wanted from a, a, a next Fallout iteration. You guys fucked up. 
and our dollars are going to start speaking from now on. Bethesda said on their site that they wanted to do better. Do better. Do better. <laughs> do better. What do you think they need to do within like the next few months moving forward to kind of gain our trust back? They, and it's very unfortunate for the um, the employees of the studio, we're talking about Bethesda as, a, as an entity, mm-hmm. as a corporate face, and what that comes down to is we mean the leadership and the ones that are driving these decisions. There's a lot of employees that are going to have to break ass because Bethesda said we need to launch this in well, November. I feel like they're sucks. already breaking ass, which sucks. Like to have a fucking <clears throat> 56 gigabyte uh, install within the first week of the game's launch, like right. that must have taken around the clock work to make happen. Yep, yep. So what, what do they need to do? They need to, one, realign, make it actually work, make sure it's a consistent experience where people aren't getting five disconnects per session. Mm-hmm. And then you need to listen to the community feedback. You need to actually pivot around what they're saying and what they want from this open world. You need to keep on iterating because they keep on saying and promising that we're going to be supporting this game for years to come. Mm-hmm. Support it for years to come. Make a turnaround. I, I would hope... Just for the sake of that development staff, I could give a fuck about Bethesda. Like, you've already have a horrible track record in my mind, and it dates back fucking, like, Skyrim on PS3. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, oh, shit. There's a big company trying to get away with Tom fucking foolery. Yeah. But for the sake of the people that care about what they're doing in the Fallout universe, you need to do justice to that franchise. <laughs> do you see them switching hands at any point? Like maybe giving it to like Zenimax online because like they are well more tailored for handling like online ecosystems and feedback and stuff. Cause they've been doing ESO for so long. If not entirely that, at least maybe try to onboard or borrow some staff okay. from that to kind of help course correct it. But that's what it is. This is a course correction. Mm-hmm. You you can't let you can't let it get to year one or a full year on release and not have done some substantial shit to it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they absolutely need to do. That's true. Otherwise it's gonna turn into Evolve or Battleborn or any games that like fall by the wayside and become free to play. I think it'd be so disappointing if they just kind of okay, we got it to a playable state and then kind of abandon it after like a year and a mm-hmm. half. I think that'd be the most depressing story, but I don't see it being out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't think they would lose a ton of money off of that because that's like, well, they're already using borrowed assets from Fallout 4. A lot of the game was already there in the beginning, so it's not like building a new IP from the ground. I wouldn't even worry about losing a ton of money, even if it is easy to like, you know, throw assets to this game. Mm-hmm. I would worry about losing that fan trust. That's true. That's the most important factor, man, because when it comes down to it, you, you try to do the next Fallout or the next iteration... People are going to think twice. Mm-hmm. So That's true. So from this point, do you want to jump off of uh, the top news and into what we've been playing? Kind of. Do you want to mention 76 a little bit? Because yeah, like, I feel like we hit it like with so my, my general thing is like I'm running into a lot of bugs and I'm kind of dissatisfied with it. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing because like we were talking about how I went from the beta going like there's something here. There's something great here. Mm-hmm. And actually getting some time with it, like I would say about 25 to 30 hours with the game at this mm-hmm. point which is crazy, but, like, I went really hard, like, the at release. You did. Like, over, like, th- five days or something like that. Um, Way harder than I thought you would, especially considering you played the beta and already, like, had leveled up to, like, what, level I started over. Yeah, I started over, yeah. actually. I just got bored with a lot of it, mm-hmm. and I got, I got to the point where... So if you remember, I was really critical of Red Dead systems, of, like, you know, the cores that you got to manage, yeah. you got to eat, you got to brush your horse to keep it stamina up. In comparison to Fallout 76's systems, though, it's just like, oh my god, I am overburdened in Fallout 76. He's always, my character's always thirsty. I'm always hungry. Things are killing me left and right. I'm accidentally stumbling in the areas where things can, like, one-shotty me for no fucking reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Things are breaking on me in the constant, and I'm always, 
always missing just one component to craft the thing that I need. It's fucking, it's just obnoxious at this point. It's incredibly daunting. Like, every time I think, okay, I'm going to play Fallout 76, I'm going to load it up, I'm going to get into it. I'm like, okay, where did I leave off? How hungry is my person? How starving? Is, what's my radiation level? How many do I even have, do I have? Yeah, do I have any stim packs? Can I craft them even? Uh, do I have a camp that I can craft at? Where's the next crafting station? Like, there's so much to think about <laughs> in a given moment that really bogs my PlayStation. Oh, sorry. They bog my play sessions down, and it's just like, it discourages me me from engaging with it too long term because it's like i'll play for like an hour or two and i'm like okay i'm kind of done here and then i won't pick it up for days in between i'll have and especially what's been happening the last few sessions is i'll end my session at a major crash Mm -hmm. because it always happens when i boot that fucking game up Mm -hmm. so when it crashes i'm just like fuck it i'm gonna go play red dead and i'm glad actually because it's made me appreciate red dead way more and more and more yeah to have that sort of like juxtaposition it's like you know where we were super hard on them it's like no it's actually not as bad like their systems aren't as terrible <laughs> like I, i'm approaching them very similarly where it's like okay there are systems in fallout 76 that i just don't have to engage with if i don't want to craft i don't have to engage with that like i i'm taking sort of the uh lone wanderer approach where i'm just kind of doing what i would do in fallout 4 exploring finding new locations finding cool little side missions doing my thing I'm loving getting lost in, like, the West Appalachians, even though, like, this game juggles between looking really great at times and looking really fucking ugly, because it's chugging along on the server and processing everything in front of it, and like, okay, that's really blurry on top of being buggy, but, you know, I I get lost in little moments, I get lost in the the hunt of a a cryptid, you know, trying to find, like, the Grafton monster, or, like, Goatman, or, like, Mothman, like, those little moments that are so cool and emergent, and that I love about Fallout. Um, I got caught, like, outside of the main story on, like, you were telling me, hey, find this, uh, what is it, the Mistress of Mystery thread? Yeah, yeah, where it, it's the, um, the analog to, uh, the Silver Shroud. The Silver Shroud, yeah. From part four. And I got caught in those, like, kind of side quest beats, and I was like, this is really cool. So this woman who was an actress, she ends up becoming, like, part of the secret society of, like, avenging wastelanders who are trying to, like, do good and, like, fight crime in the waste. And I was like, this is kind of a cool story that would have been really gripping in Fallout 4. So there there are glimpses of, like, intrigue for me, but it's just, like, it's bogged down by, like, its systems or its bugginess or its crashes or, like, me really not wanting to engage with the online system. Yeah, the whole, like, (laughs) mission structure of, like, oh, I'm following... I'm following story quests for people that are after the fact, for yeah. people that are already dead. And people are like, oh, well, you know, it's a post apocalypse. No. Fallout 3 and 4 is, they're lively. There's actual people mm-hmm. in communities and stuff that give me quests and shit. And then you go out to the kind of empty open world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's a lot different than reading terminals and fucking going scouring through notes and shit yeah i i think it was just a poor implementation of their their lore especially Mm -hmm. it doesn't really take into account or doesn't feel like it takes into account that people are gonna be online all the time dude i'm having like somebody in my chat talk over like an audio file and yet you have these fucking 12 minute audio files that i gotta sit through in order to get the next part of the quest like it's a poor design their concession should have been like okay maybe just make them a little shorter or like implement them in different ways (laughs) yeah like i don't know it's just it's almost like they forgot they were making an online game at points and it's just like how do you forget that that's part of your design principle here really really i i don't know man i i I'm getting, like, there's something that there is there, Mm -hmm. but all of its problems and and those poor choices are just so glaring, it's hard to get through. Like, I watch videos of people engaging with, like, fucking Scorch Beast and these huge raid-like quests, Mm -hmm. or running into the Mothman, like you're saying. And I'm like, that's cool, I want to do that. But instead, what I find myself doing more and more is, 
on these pick-up-a-thons, picking up all of this fucking trash that I gotta mm. convert in the rubble because hopefully I can repair one of my my best guns again so I'm not fucking dying out here with a pipe pistol mm. or picking up shit that I don't want to pick up. Yeah. It's just, it's like annoying. It's like I, I'm working to get to the fun and you fucked up because all of the work should be fun. Exactly. I, I mean, if your game is a lot of work, that's fine. Red Dead in its opening hours mm-hmm. proved to be a lot of work and, and, oh, yeah. and time to get through. But it's like, well, at least it was backed by like a, a well-performing game that didn't crash on me or stagger. And it like it's, it's a different use basis um it sucks though like that people are having like inconsistent experiences like yeah i'm sure those people had to fight through the same things that we did but they're like well here i am i'm fighting the grafton monster i'm fighting these scorch bees i'm having that experience that you couldn't get to because the game pushed you out of the way i'm at this point where i'm probably just gonna wait for the patches and maybe like you know poke my head in and go like okay is this still a shit storm mm-hmm. and if it is and uh, okay i got other games to keep me occupied like i've been putting assassin's creed odyssey on the back burner for like oh yeah a long time now i'm wondering when you're gonna come back to that one <clears throat> after i'm done with red dead okay because red dead's really gripping me right now yeah so we I'm both really kind surprised. of we both went back to that following mm-hmm. kind of uh our burn from fallout 76 we got yeah. that we got bad radiation poisoning <laughs> from that one. the worst so but we got back into red dead you kind of like trucked along in the story you're in chapter what like five right now six yeah i just kind of took this advice where i stopped treating it as a fucking open world game bert Mm -hmm. gave that advice on his twitter and i was like yeah you're right like don't don't get too caught up in trying to like see absolutely everything or or trying to treat it like an ubisoft checklist game it's not that it's more of like things kind of sporadically sporadically pop up Mm -hmm. and your goalposts should be those missions i feel in my mind Mm because That's where the intrigue is. That's where it fucking cooks. Like chasing those yellow missions. Those yellow... Well, even the stranger missions are really cool, too. I'm getting into really cool encounters and making really neat choices, or at least seeing something about Arthur that I didn't before, because I was like, not about this dude at first. He definitely grows on you the more the story unfolds. The more that he... um, And this is not spoiler. Don't worry, guys. I won't get into spoilers. Yeah, this is going to be like a spoiler cast for us. This will not be a spoiler cast. Uh, it, it is, um, the more that he starts to lose his trust in Dutch's vision mm-hmm. and Dutch does some things that definitely like questionable actions where it's like, I get it, but like, you're just kind of repeating the same mantra and we're doing fucked up things mm-hmm. for no purpose and getting in more trouble for no good reason mm-hmm. is Arthur's point. And the more he sees that, the more interesting his character is and his actions mm-hmm. and his engagement. And then you start to realize like, Oh, they really meant to call this Red Dead Redemption, too. Mm-hmm. There is a redemption arc that I'm really loving while he's still just trying to do right by people, like, in a different way. So, like, that, like, so we went from, like, oh, outlaw lifestyle and, and Arthur knowing that it's coming crashing to an end at some point. Mm-hmm. And that starts to affect him. That starts what he starts. To think I, about. I'm getting to that turnaround point right now because I, um, I just finished up chapter three and chapter four is, like, really engaging and gripping in a different way because a lot of it is like that like we said you're living that outlaw life you're acting as a western cowboy when the west is really coming to a a threatening close for their lifestyle um and they come to a modernized civilization uh saint denis which is like a replica of like new orleans and a lot of what is in place there the civilization the way the people are the way they interact like it challenges the gang's lifestyle and you see dutch kind of cling to it in little little ways where i feel like he's kind of scheming much like the way when you get to roads where he's like how can we make some money how can we scam people how can we put Mm -hmm. these two families uh pit them against each other and kind of steal from them and then move along on our way and keep doing what we've always done here it's like now like uh civilization like saints and he really challenges that lifestyle because he even says like this is what our lifestyle is going to be ended by this 
You're looking at the end of our life right here. Yeah, I think he said a line like, "This is the end of civilization," mm-hmm. but it's that's not that's not true. It's the end of his way of life. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see him struggle with it and uh, to see Arthur kind of come to grips with, "Well, this is okay," you know. Yeah, so the the parts in Sandini are some of my absolute favorites. That was my total turnaround, where my trepidation with it and like my boredom with some of the systems, and that's still there. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, there's some like like some mechanical choices that I still struggle with, mm-hmm. like his movement speed and having to deal with certain things. But I'm noticing them less because I'm like, unlike Fallout 76, I'm not being forced to engage with them too mm-hmm. much. I don't have to hunt if I don't want to. I can go to a store and get a can of beans and just yep. eat it in one day cycle and be like, oh, my core's good. I don't have to fucking worry That's about me. that. That's me. I'm like again. slamming pineapple chunks whenever <laughs> I can and at least sleeping. And like, at least the story beats will like, they reinvigorate you. They put your stamina back up, your dead eye back up, your health back up. Yeah. And then I don't worry about it. And then yeah. like, I'm getting, it allows me to just go like chase the pursuits I really want to mm-hmm. chase, which is all the stories. Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to really actually do every little stranger thing. I've gotten such such interesting interesting character arcs with with certain people Mm -hmm. like you uh you encounter this one guy when you're doing the strauss missions where he's sick but he owes a debt and he has like a like a teenage son and a wife oh yeah and that recurs i won't spoil anything about that but that recurs in such interesting ways and to have it play out over time is just like this i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it the writing in this game is brilliant it is this is the best written rockstar game I've never been more engaged in a world that slowly unraveled to me. At first, I was just like, oh, this is so sour. But then when I got into it, I was just like, oh, no. It is a slow burn, but it's it's a gratifying burn at that. Like that that exact thing, when I came across um, his wife again, she's completely changed. And the way she reacts to you is so interesting. I don't know. The nuances and like the, the surrounding world and the way the world reacts to Arthur within it, whether you do good or you do bad, or like... There's this one character who he gets bit by a snake and I suck the venom out. And then I come across him like a few play sessions later and he's like, hey, dude, I got bit by a snake again. Can you fucking suck this venom out? And you're like, okay, you do good. And he's like, thank you. Like, I owe you my life. Like, you saved me twice. And then <laughs> I forgot about him. I was like, maybe I'll come across him again. I have to suck venom out a third time. But you come across him and he's like, hey, like, he's actually like sharing a story with like a friend. And he's like, yo, this is the guy who saved me. I'm going to buy you something on me. Like, go in there. It's just, it's really interesting to see the way the world reacts to you and your actions. Like, not many open world games do it this way. Right. Like, Bethesda games don't do it like this. And it's like, you had to, like, kind of stick with it over time to really see those benefits. And I'm so glad that I did. I, like, the systems in place, like, almost scared me off. But I'm so glad that I stuck with it because I'm really fucking engaged with the story. There are some lines and character arcs that just, break your heart like you hear a line and you're just like fuck there you know i I ran into a nun who's just talking about she just totally she doesn't believe that a person's heart could ever be totally bad and (laughs) and she was just like honestly the best thing you can do is like stop worrying about your heart and maybe try to see what you could do for others oh wow and it's just a simple just cuts to the point kind of thing and i was just like damn this is so fucking good so Mm -hmm. real i'm loving it now i'm actually loving red dead redemption too I gotta say I'm right there with you. Like I'm, I'm foregoing a lot of the open world stuff. Like I don't really care to hunt. I don't care to craft. I don't care to really manage those systems. When the game makes me do them, I get punished by them. Like there, there are stranger missions where you have to like. There's one where you have to hunt a cougar, and I'm like, I can't even hunt this thing. It's killing me every time. (laughs) And then 
on the restart menu or like where you can restart the mission, there's actually uh, an option to skip the checkpoint and it'll basically jump you to after the point where you would have killed the cougar. <laughs> so I was like, okay, now I don't have to worry about that. Like I, I did, I did I, it on accident. I had to do the same thing, yeah. but it was for a push cart where it had this weird pump mechanic <laughs> that I just couldn't get down. I was like, dude, this is fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're pushing with John Marston on a push cart and you have to like hold <laughs> X on the down and release on the up. And I wasn't getting the timing right whatsoever. And it fucking was horrible. And then the game was finally like, you're all right, man. You can mm-hmm. just hold triangle and skip this. And I was like, if you knew, if you, if you knew it was going to be bad enough where people wanted to skip it, yeah. <laughs> there's choices like that. But I, again, it's not ruining this overall like point that they're making with mm-hmm. this game. The game feels poignant. It feels like it's doing something. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's got something to say. And I want to hear the rest of it. Yeah. The, the end of chapter three going to four, that's where the stakes get raised really high. And you're like, yeah, it's actually trying to say something really cool with it. Yeah. yeah, stick with this story because it's going to pay off. And I already feel that a little bit. It's it's wild. Like the last like few missions of chapter three where like this feud kind of comes to a head and you're you're fucking confronting like Mrs. Braithwaite. Uh, and it's like right. this whole scene you ride out with Dutch and the gang. You're looking for like this um, child who's gone missing and you're trying to basically like find him. And the way the events unfold, it, it really is something out of like Django Unchained, like something like really high drama. And like I was at the edge of my bed. I was like, I can't believe I'm fucking watching what's happening right now. <laughs> this is insane. I absolutely <laughs> love that shit. I was, I was hooked. Yeah that shit dude i love that kind of shit i like westerns man unforgiven is like one of my favorite films mm-hmm. of all time and like this is giving this is hitting those notes for me i think i like the idea of westerns more than i actually like them at times it really yeah. just depends on how you immerse me in it i like spaghetti westerns because they're kind of fun they forego uh. a lot of the traditional western rules this was kind of by the numbers western in the beginning but now as it leans right. into it it's like no it's reimagined tropes it's reimagined ideas it's everything we've ever thought of as westerns rolled into one package and it's it's cool um i don't know i'm excited to spend more time in saint denis and explore that it's it's a fucking magnificent city dude to just kind of walk around and hear like going there at night is great it's a melting pot of culture like arthur's walking down the streets you hear like french dialect and creole and spanish and he's like what are all these languages going on here (laughs) but it's 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 arthur it's (laughs) but it's crazy to see how like walking down the streets even stifles because like you try and like uh ride a horse through it and like the game says no it pushes back at you because it's like no you need to be a little slower here because this isn't the west anymore you're in civilization you're at its hand that's an interesting way to interpret it It, no it's very cool um i'm chasing a vampire thread right now though Where'd you find that? Uh, I I wanted to look up more about Saint-Denis and its kind of influence, and I came across, like, threads that say, vampire mission in Saint-Denis. And apparently, like, in the back alleys and whatnot, if you come across this, like, sort of wall script, it leads you on this kind of stranger mission where you get to find a vampire. What? Yeah. How did I miss? See, that's what breaks my heart. I feel like I'm missing things sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe it makes my story more unique. Ah, It's just a completionist in me that's being fucking challenged. Oh, yeah. You have to let that go. You have to just take the ride that Red Dead takes you on, and you'll enjoy it way more than anything. I, I'm completely okay with that. Like, I am a completionist. I've always been. But, like, when you're like, yeah, don't treat it like a checklist game, and I'm like, yeah, I really can't, because it would be a 300-hour experience. <laughs> yeah, it would be too fucking much, man. Like, I don't know. Is there a point of no return, though, uh, with the story and the open world stuff? I'm uh, there in one chapter. There is definitely, like, a, oh, look out. You're not going to be able to do open world okay. stuff for a while. But then you go back to it. So I don't know if it does that again. I'm in chapter six. And so far, it's still a healthy mix of missions and open world. So 
Okay, cool. So I don't have to worry too much just yet. I wouldn't worry too much, but I am kind of concerned about a point of no return kind of moment. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what that would be. But I also heard that it still allows you to engage with the open world after a certain point. Like in the epilogue? Yeah, even when you think it wouldn't be a continuation, it does Mm -hmm. continue. So we'll see. Daniel? Very quickly, yeah. Because I think we're we're gonna return to Red Dead. We're gonna for talk sure. about that again. We might have maybe we do a quick save or something. I don't know. We'll do something for you. Kids I, I would love to try and power through the story before I leave for for Florida, but I know it's I don't not know. gonna You're happen. You're not gonna do that. You're no. not gonna do that. You and I'm not bringing distracted. my I'm not bringing my PS4 with me either. Ooh, that's no. like my comfort blanket. I'm bringing my Switch with me. I'm gonna get through uh, Celeste, then I'm gonna play some Smash Brothers and just play some Nintendo games. Ah, uh, good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah, he won't be here when Smash comes out. What the am i supposed to do sharpen your skills bro you got a week get good get good get good at fucking mr game and watch or kirby or whoever i don't know luigi but anyway i want to talk very briefly about and i forgot it came out the spider-man dlc the second part we wanted to talk about this last week because we were talking about stan lee's death and like i I wanted to use it a lot as a launch pad to be like hey i played the heist because we haven't talked about that really yeah um but But then turf wars came out so we kind of want to roll it into one discussion yeah so okay the heist it goes places i actually really enjoyed the heist i, I thought too. the heist was good uh felicia hardy aka black cat is in there and she is actually the characterization is great in this mm-hmm. and i love that there's like a, a shared history that's already there because we're following an older peter parker mm-hmm. and there we even get answers to shit that i didn't think like they totally outright were like oh yeah they fucked yeah <laughs> they straight up go like they fucked because there's a concern of like the show, how how deep could do we go in the spoilers in that one i mean there there's a scare that like um she might be pregnant with his kid or something like that and the fact that peter is scared is like oh well they fuck that's why he's scared. well it's interesting too because like you get some interplay moments with uh mary yeah. jane where like i love the i love these like really toned down like intimate personal moments between peter and his like surrounding cast where it's he's talking to her and he's like hey i might be a dad and like the the discussions that they have that followed are just really interesting for a video game to touch on right right <laughs> i was just like or just a um spider-man lord to touch on because yeah. you know how they always do that like will they won't they bullshit mm-hmm. and extend things or do stupid shit like oh by the way they were never married because he made a deal with the devil to yeah. get his aunt back to life like fuck you comic books <laughs> no but i i love felicia and uh pete's moments together they have such good chemistry and their scenes and missions that yeah. they have are so so unique to to what we've seen in the game so far oh and we get follow-up shit with miles as well like, oh yeah but i didn't think that they would cover like he starts talking about like hey i have powers and you know I, he's pushing to be the other spider-man mm-hmm. but he's he's just he's nascent he he has no experience in it i yeah. think he breaks his foot is what he says he's like yeah. oops i jumped off a fucking <laughs> building and i broke my foot. no I, I do like that this dlc is kind of uh acting as a continuation of the story and the stuff mm-hmm. that the main game put in place and it's it's really unique and then you get um you get more challenge modes you get like uh, the screwball challenges she comes back and i i love uh the kind of satire of influencer culture and all mm-hmm. that it, it cuts deep yeah um I, I don't know i was thoroughly impressed by like the writing and the tone and there's also like a, a b story with a police officer yeah who, don't yeah don't, yeah yeah I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not gonna spoil anything about that but like you get it's really good though you get thrown on a bunch of side quests and you're asked to collect things you're like this is really cool and the way it ties into the main narrative with black cat is just like okay you guys put some thought into this <laughs> yeah um so no i was thoroughly impressed with that um but 
it was a few weeks later. I think uh, Turf Wars came out on the 20th. And a week or two earlier, like, the trophy list for it leaked. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, this seems kind of like recycled ideas from, like, Mm-mm. the first DLC. Like, it's more Taskmaster, or more um, screwball challenges, more of, like, gang Which screwball activities. challenges are not too different than Taskmaster challenges. Like, I no, see. not at all. If you need, like, kind of something to relate it to, it's all, like, the challenges, like, the combat challenges in um, Arkham. Like so let Batman me speak games. to the heist, because you didn't play the heist, right? No, we just talked about that. I'm sorry. I mean, say Turf Wars. Yeah, speak so let me turf. speak to Turf Wars. Yeah. Turf Wars is not as good. It kind of lands with a thump. It, it's that scene where fucking Tobey Maguire is like, go go away, Web. Go, go catch webs. Nothing's happening. Yeah. That's how I felt. Nothing was happening for me. Because we have a very succinct cliffhanger that we end with mm-hmm. on the heist. And they address it like in a sentence mm-hmm. and then just skip it and don't deal with the impact or even bring it up again throughout the entire DLC. That is disappointing to me. Fucking stupid. Because the the stuff that they set up for the second DLC with like the rival gangs, the what is it, the Magia and I forget uh, I forget the gang names. Uh, no, it's it's the Magia and then fucking Hammerhead is trying to subvert yeah. control, like so he rounds up all the dons and shit. And it's a very just kind of a typical mafia story mm-hmm. and we go from the main game having like these you know over the top animal like suits like vulture mm-hmm. and scorpion to this fucking mafioso bullshit which is always the least interesting parts of spider-man in my yeah mind. I, I it was a very odd choice for them to use hammerhead as like he a, sucks a prota- uh, antagonist i'm not sure if they're sucks. just saving some of the better villains for like spider-man 2 or what they're doing with that i don't know more than certainly but, they're not gonna give us fucking venom in the deal no no of course so, not but like, like you can give us like don't give us a C villain. I know. I it's so disappointing. And then we so Yuri comes back, mm-hmm. and I loved Yuri in the main game. I love their relationship, but they decide to go for like this hard boiled thing with her, where it's like, oh, she loses a bunch of men because of fucking Hammerhead. Okay, and then she's on this war path, and then we we learn a little bit more about her history uh, and what drives her. Okay. But her characterization is all fucked, and she's just like crazy going on this fucking um, death wish warpath, and it's boring. And it I, it ends on like a note where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't really care about this. Mm-hmm. And the writing's not very good either. Like a lot of it, like you know, you know, remember the cringy moments that were just like, ah, it's funny, like Spider Cop. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm cringing, but it's funny. They're just cringy in this one. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, the lines aren't very good. Because um, somebody we follow, Sam Mags, like she was a major writer on this yeah, one. Yeah, she right? wrote this one. And <sighs> I'm just kind of like, that sucks because I really appreciate uh, her work mm-hmm. otherwise. I don't know how much of it is just like she walked in on, and had to put together somebody else's yeah. shit or ideas that were just kind of half-baked. But it just doesn't land. Uh, yeah, it's like, I thought she had written um, mm-hmm. the first DLC. I was like, oh, this is really good. No, <laughs> yeah, and then no. you're like, no, she wrote Turf Wars. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. So we have Silver Lining coming up next, and that's like the last act. I don't know if they'll do like a season two of, uh, of like a, a DLC for Spider-Man. It Probably would be interesting. Not. I mean, they are trying to support the game long term for sure with the, like the City Never Sleeps expansion. I think it would be awesome if they if they like saved it for next year and they're like, hey, by the way, we're not done with Spider-Man and then like yeah. had a more substantial expansion, but as it is, I'm not excited about the third well, act. I think it's going to lead into like probably a Silver Sable storyline, and like I'm not Obvious, super yeah. compelled by that. No, not at all. Like, like she was kind of cool in the story, but I didn't really care about what was going on with her, and it seemed like just an excuse to get uh, paramilitary types into the game. And yeah. it's like it, that, that 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 seems like underutilizing the character for me. Yeah. So I'm not into it, man. Yeah. Which is disappointing because I that's my favorite game this year. Yeah, we love Spider Man. Fucking love Spider Man. 
You said that the DLC, the second one, is uh, unforgivingly hard, too, right? For no reason. Right. I don't know what that is, because what it does is, like, oh, all the fights are literally, like, fucking you're fighting 50 people. And they're all, like, the tougher ones that are, no, you have to do certain web things to wrap them up first before you can attack. Or Mm -hmm. maybe it's whip guys and shit. And it's just, like... The nonstop barrage. (laughs) You know I haven't been playing Spider-Man, like, every day since release, my dog, Mm -hmm. because it's a single-player game. I beat it, and I walked away and played other games, Mm -hmm. and then picking up the controller again, I'm just like, am I just bad, or did they... Are they sending out these waves in, like, just a disappointing, stupid fashion? It's probably just that, because, like, when I picked it back up to play uh, the heist, it did feel very natural. Like, I was like, oh, I didn't forget how to swing. The combat wheel, like, the weapon wheel is, like, pretty easy to, like, get back into it. That was all fine, but, like, I'm running... Like, I'm dying in almost every encounter, and I'm like, what's going on here? But small gripe otherwise it's just kind of a forgettable piece of dlc mm-hmm. <laughs> uh last thing that we should talk about on here mr oh, man my god so we didn't buy tetris effect guys no. we talked ourselves out of that one but we did buy something on black friday it's the one thing we got ourselves there was a sale on call of duty black ops 4 on it's, amazon 38 bucks <laughs> 38 bucks i had prime like, you're like well i could go to gamestop for black friday and get it or i can just do this and you're like do you want a copy and i'm like i i I went back and forth. I was like, I shouldn't justify buying this game. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. So we got into Call of Duty Black Ops 4, and it's been a blast. It's a lot of fun, actually, dude. I'm not mad about it whatsoever. No. I mean, I didn't think I would be. Like, those games are always pretty sound mechanically, and they're some of the best shooters that you could play in a given year. I always say that. I always say that. I think it's amazing that um, it is the best-selling game, fucking embarrasses the rest of every game that comes out every year. And yet we don't really hear about it. Like in a lot of a lot of the journalists that we like to follow, they don't like talking about they don't it. Play they, it. Don't, they don't play it. I think a lot of them shouted out like blackout mode because that is very unique right. for the franchise to have a sort of uh, battle royale system at play. But for the most part, yeah, like games media types that we follow don't talk about it. And this game came out, what, October 20th? It is December 1st, so over a month. This is the top... I think it came out earlier in October, actually. Yeah, maybe a little earlier. Yeah. Um, but it's the top selling game of the year. Right. Like outselling God of War and Red Dead Redemption and Spider-Man and all these other games. It's like, you kind of forget how, the impact, the, <laughs> the the cultural impact that Call of Duty has where it's like people are going to buy it because it sells. So the, the big controversy beforehand was that single player was ousted for this game in mm. favor of Blackout and baking out zombies a bit more and doing the multiplayer. And I'm going to say this for y'all. I'm going to say this for y'all. I think that was the right goddamn choice for them. I, I've i enjoyed previous Call of Duty campaigns in the past, but from a business perspective, the consumers aren't engaging with it in that level, so why are you spending all the resources trying mm-hmm. to make that and get voice actors together and Listen, write a script? Why? why? I would have loved another game with Kit Harington. Uh, sure, Kevin Spacey's not returning for one, but like, you know, <laughs> the thing is, at the end of the day, like, I probably won't engage with it. Like, I love to think yeah. that I was going to play... The last one I bought was uh, Modern Warfare 3, and I'm like, I love to mm-hmm. think that I'm going to play it, but I never did. I did, but I treated it like going to see a blockbuster movie. It's a mm-hmm. one and done for me. I'm not, I'm not constantly going back to Call of Duty fucking campaigns. You That's know? fair. So in this game, I it seems like they are able to do some extra yeah. cool things with it. So it's got three modes. Yeah, it's the blackout first and mm-hmm. foremost. Battle Royale. I think it's only like 65 instead of 100. But No, no, it's still uh, 100 people. Is it really 100 people? Yeah, it's, it's just broken up to interesting facets where you can do singles, you could do duos, or you could do quads. So okay. it's a team of one, two, You're paying way more attention than I. Yeah. So it's, it's this weird hodgepodge. So the map is very similar to Fortnite's map, but it's made up of previous Call of Duty 
locations and maps yeah. and shit. So you got like you have firing range, you have asylum, uh, array, the asylum. There's zombies on the blackout map for no reason. So you have to like if you lead people there. <laughs> <laughs> you got a fucking angle of zombies and PvP players. Yeah, we ended up being inside the ring and landing at the asylum. We we're like, all right, we're gonna lead people here, and we literally like ended up being there for five minutes and having yeah. to just fend off zombies until a player character came along. And we got killed at a cherry tree. We did. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> so I don't know. I I think it's interesting, and I have that baseline of being able to play. You know, knowing the foundation of Call of Duty's controls, mm-hmm. but I'm never gonna be a dude that gets in the battle royale. It's it's not really for me. You know, I always wonder about, like, why do people engage with this so much? Maybe it's a level of competition. Maybe it's the way that it's, like, a pick-up-and-play kind of nature, and you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about much else. But for me, I don't like the weight. I don't like the randomization, almost. Yeah. You know? But that's the whole game. That's not really for me. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, like, I don't think I'll ever be a dude that, like, spends hours and hours and hours and hours playing that type of game. Not not in the way that I would engage with, like, the multiplayer mode, where I know I'm going to get, like a certain result every time I play where it's like blackout. There's so many different variables and like, I have to want to engage with it. Cause that's not my style of gameplay. Yeah. Fortnite. We played Fortnite. It was, it was whatever. It was kind of a social experiment for us, but blackout. I at least engage with it more because I like the systems of call of duty a bit more. That's just, that's what it is for me. Um, I do really enjoy the sort of like emergent moments that it presents because like whether you fought like fly out by yourself or with a group, it's really you against the rest of these players. And like we had this moment <laughs> where we're like we hit the ground, we fucking jump through our windows, we find our ammo packs, we find our weapons, our health, and we're like, okay, time to fucking stake out and fortify an area. And it reminds me a lot of like those moments from like uh, the Walking Dead, where it's like factions kind of finding each other and come like just fighting each other to the death, just because it's like well. I'm going to do that because you're on my territory. <laughs> <laughs> you are my enemy because you are not me and you are the people I know. <laughs> exactly. So it's like we'll have these moments where we're hiding out in a house and we hear like an ATV go by and we're like, holy shit, some players are going by and we'll hear it stop. And I get, we'll literally like watch them from a window. <laughs> I get vibes of a horror game for some reason. Yeah. I feel like I'm playing like the strangers, the game or fucking you're next. <laughs> some of it's actually really eerie and like <laughs> right? kind of like horrifying. Like, okay, this is really survival warfare right here. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have the most fun like i'm playing with you or dave and mm. you're like vargi we got in a few sessions it's just hilarious fun to be like with your maybe that's the success of these types of games because mm-hmm. i coming into it like i'll never play blackout by myself that sounds boring i've it's done it a few boring. times and I, i've gotten to like the last few players only to mm-hmm. get like as the circle gets in like the player radius like shrinks on you so and people the circle remains unbroken we've been doing a lot of that <laughs> every, every time <laughs> every I, time I play blackout but like the, as the circle increases like players are more prone to find you so i have these moments where i'm literally like hiding out behind a rock and like as soon as somebody notices me like i'm down like you know i I, a lot of dumb kills occur a lot of dumb deaths i should say a lot we so we had this team of four where we're like okay we're gonna ride on a helicopter and go out to like nuketown island and we left (laughs) it in the hands of a a player we didn't know he ended up crashing the helicopter into a fucking river and killing us and it's like son of a bitch damn we had a really cool thing going on until you fucking killed us all (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot of it's a vicissitudes the game there's a lot of highs a lot of lows in blackout i don't know it's 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 interesting it's a different take for call of duty and it it's made for some really like nail-biting moments some yeah. really kind of dull moments some really lonely ones but like i don't know each play session there feels different 
I think power to them. I think it was an absolutely right choice. I know it. it's it's very much a money-grubbing decision to go chase the money. Oh, looks like Battle Royale is popular. Let's do our own. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing it. Fucking Battlefield Five tried to, is, is going to do it next year. I Fucking Red Dead's doing it. Red Dead even has it. I so. get it, I get it, I get it. But like their take on it, it's kind of interesting. Now, but of course, I still engage more with the normal multiplayer modes mm-hmm. like Team Deathmatch and all that shit. Yeah. And uh, the difference is like I like the things that they carried over from Black Ops 3, mm-hmm. including um, the specialist thing where they have power-ups and they have different roles and different classes basically yeah different classes like the dude with the fucking lightning sniper rifle that pins you to the ground and murders you so cool but it's also so annoying when it happens to you Mm -hmm. um so i've been engaging with that more and i like that they took away the whole like power jumps and jetpack shit so it makes it a little little more more grounded. grounded But people are still doing the fucking bunny hop thing like nuts. Yeah, this is a new thing that we're experiencing where people are like jump shotting and killing us like immediately. And I guess yeah. that's the new way people are, are going about like gunplay. Oh, dude, people are making arguments to how like that's the meta. That's that's or sorry, it's actually the skill gap. Mm-hmm. If you can't master that, then you're at the lower echelon of the skill gap. And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Treyarch is even scratching their head like. We can try to mitigate it, like do things like uh, make sure you can't get in the ADS on a jump, mm-hmm. or just let it be because any choice, any minute choice they make is going to piss off a large subset yeah. of their fan base. You don't want to piss off Call of Duty fans. So it's like, it's one of those leave it as it is choices, it seems it, like. But, but it is frustrating playing annoying. like Team Deathmatch or Kill Confirmed and getting shot like immediately and killed. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm rough and rough with it. I, I do like some of the new inclusions i know the ability to like kind of heal yourself on the fly isn't a new inclusion uh to the series but i do like it because like the one of the last ones i really had a lot of time with was modern warfare 3 and like mm. you would regenerate health over time but you have this revive ability now that's kind of on a cooldown so like every few right like 30 seconds or two minute whatever you can basically heal yourself and have sustained play and it makes like i'm not very good at call of duty but it makes my survivability a lot higher because it's like cool i can shoot a dude duck out for a second, heal, and then maybe kill another person. And there's almost a somewhat tactical choice that goes into it. Do you reload versus using a stim pack? Exactly. Like, what's more important where you're at with your uh, clip? Some of your decisions comes down to the second. You're like, okay, this could be do or die depending on what I do. So it's interesting. And then the classes add a new layer to it for me because it's like, I I didn't play... advanced warfare or infinite warfare well, black ops 3 the that's where the classes come okay from. so black ops 3 where they started instating that yeah so i have no previous hands with that so it's it's interesting to see that like okay i can have my pre-made uh weapon class but also i have these cool abilities on top of that it's i don't know it's, it adds another layer to the the multiplayer gameplay yeah for sure actually i that i that's why i appreciate it it feels uh, good it feels grounded uh zombies doing some interesting fucking things like they really expanded what that mode is i, I don't know if i haven't been paying that close of attention on the mm-hmm. zombie modes because i always kind of like get in and get out with it because it's like there is a huge skill gap in like companionship thing that has to go with that yeah. you need cooperative play to actually get to the end goal in zombies mode because mm-hmm. it's super convoluted yeah but that's like the meta of it that's that's the basis of it that's true but i mean each i think there's four or five different mini narratives and they're all really interesting and unique like there's one where like you got your players in a fucking roman arena and you're fighting off zombies and like undead tigers and monsters yeah. and then there's one where you're on like i think it's the, it's supposed to be the titanic yeah yeah that's an interesting choice that was actually it's a cool map i won't and then you can teleport with like these vials or yeah these these tonics that you drink there's a lot going on but it's ridiculous and like both of us were just like i 
can't believe we're doing this in a Call of Duty game. I was kind of blown away. I was like, <laughs> did id develop the zombies mode? Because it feels very, like, Doom-esque in yeah. ways. It's very fast-paced. Uh, over got, the top as fuck. Over the top. Very grueling. Very graphic. And fucking kind of metal at times, too. Dude, I am not mad about this purchase at all. No, not at all. Like... We always knew if we got into it, we would spend a lot of time with it. Because, like, Call of Duty is always one of those games where, like, I can pop on the multiplayer and I will legit just play that for weeks and months and years on end yeah. until I'm like, okay, I need something new until something right. better comes along. And it's like, it's I don't know, it's an online experience I can trust. And, of course, they're they're manipulating us because Black Ops, me and you, went hard on that game, the original that came out. Yeah. They, bra- they brought back, like, Firing Range and Gridlock oh and um, what was the other one that's really fucking good? Oh, it's killing me. They, There's they, Summit. Summit. That's the one yeah. that I love. I love Summit, dude. And Jungle, even. So, like... Oh, right. They kind <laughs> of, like, brought back all these, like, throwback maps from, like, the the 2010 game. and like On the disc, not as DLC, which no. is great. And they're really cool, like, upscalings of, like, uh-huh. the PS3 version. I'm like, this is good. Good on you, Treyarch, because you actually put together a really fucking standout, like, multiplayer experience by adding this here that's right save roommates we're call of duty kids oh, i mean we always kind of were we just don't advertise it too much yeah because because you're not allowed man it's not yeah. cool because people always give that ugh like when they talk games it's like oh, i'm in the dragon age <laughs> i'm in the mass effect and then it's just like well you know i like call of duty yeah why it's not because i like military shooters it's just that it it is one of the best feeling first person shooters on the market mm-hmm. and that is the foundation of their success it's so goddamn simple it's true there's a lot of customization with this too. It's very player friendly, and it, I don't know. There, there is one gripe I have where I feel like um, give it to me. I don't quite know how to engage with the kill streaks because it's more point based now and not kill based. Dog, I'm looking around the room. I'm kind of there with you. It's, a, there's it's so much to worry about. Yeah, now. I just kind of I have a bad habit of just sticking with the same gun and forgetting that I can like add shit like a grip to it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, maybe that's why I'm sucking half the time because I'm like ah, I didn't really just I did I forgot I got a sight. No, dude, you're still at the top of the leaderboards like every time. Like, I, you're pretty good at Call of Duty. You've always been good at it because I I remember the tips. You know, it the the walk don't run because. Mm-hmm. It, getting in the ADS there's like a delay when somebody's out of a sprint so you mm-hmm. can get a fucking advantage on them there's also hip fire first and go into ADS second mm-hmm. not ADS first because you're inclined to probably get killed in that time frame mm-hmm. which is a little different now because the time to kill has been increased you actually have health bars yes which is a really I actually like that implementation I people are bitching about it I enjoy it I like it <laughs> it's a good idea that needed to be the cherry picked from Overwatch mm-hmm. and I like this this brand kind of cross pollination that's occurring with little with mechanical Activision choices and Blizzard yeah, and all that. yeah yeah interesting I'm not mad about it, dog. I'm not mad about it at all. And like, I don't know. I know we're going to get a lot of miles out of this one. Yeah, because it's like one of those games where it's like, I need something dumb, but good. <laughs> I'm not from a multiplayer camp. I've always been really bad at them. If there's anybody on the bottom of a leaderboard during a match, it's usually me. If I have a good match, oh God, that other team must suck. Like they must be really bad. But my time with Overwatch has actually made me a lot better at Call of yeah, Duty. Yeah. Like my reaction time is a bit better. I'm knowing how to handle like player fights a little better. And I don't know, I feel a little more polished. I'm not you level granted but you know i'm not i'm not pro yet but i'm getting mlg there. bro you know me yeah no what I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm like literally an average player like i i i typically like if i get 17 kills i probably have 11 deaths mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's, that's kind of my numbers that's we, it we are getting obsessed with the kdr or the kill death ratio the ikiya i haven't thought about that in the years ikiya, <laughs> the, the kid the ikua <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, no, we've been having a lot of fun with it's it. It's a lot of fun. That, that's all I gotta say. It's yeah. fucking fun. I think we're coming to a close. Like we 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 went with the fucking marathon stretch Closing on this one again. Time. <laughs> no, oh. you know I hate that song. No, okay. you hate closing time. I hate it. Oh, it's irritating. It I know no. who I want to kill me now. You can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> oh my god! So we want to just end this episode. Um, as always, by thanking you guys. Um, holidays are coming up. Hopefully you guys are going to spend some nice good time with your family, having some warm moments, touching base with some video games, and just ending out the year in a good way. We didn't get to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving because we fucked up. Sorry. We, but, were, uh, we were just worried about turkey and Todd. Oh, we had a lot of turkey. Uh-huh. But this and is enough us Todd. wishing you a very warm, safe room, happy holidays, no matter what you celebrate or what your situation is this season. Yes, indeed. I absolutely have a great time and try not to let Smash get between you, driving that Reggie wedge in between families. <laughs> be a lot of ang- anger and salt this holiday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pass the salt, Grandma. So, yeah, uh, there may not be an episode proper for a little bit, but I'm going to try to work on, like, quick saves and smaller shit Mm -hmm. in the meantime. So, be on the lookout for something terrible. Like I said, this should go up this week sometime, and then we'll have another one kind of go up. I'm going to actually schedule it on the SoundCloud, so it'll just post automatically. Fucking love it. And it'll come out uh, sometime between, like, the 8th and the 15th, so. (coughs) Sorry. They're good, man. My throat hurts. I know. A lot of talking. Talking about Arthur. Talking about Todd. All the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as, as always, thank you for listening, guys. We really appreciate you, each and every one of you. Those that engage with us on Twitter, those that we have conversations with outside of Twitter that still listen, love the shit out of you. Love what you do. Mm-hmm. Keep on trucking, and we will get uh, shorter at this one day. Maybe. Maybe. Fuck it. You don't have to listen to it at once. That's true. That's, so, a, that's a save from pro tip. Here's a save from pro tip. We do an episode maybe once every two weeks if we're, if we're you know, in a bad swing of things. Uh, listen to us in sittings. Don't try and down us all in one, you know? You can't just eat a whole rum cake, man. You're going to get fucking sick and really drunk. Yeah. You get some slices. Yeah, okay? you're going to be like Danny DeVito after. Just slowly indulge all right slowly indulge because we overindulge (laughs) all the time fair enough but otherwise thank you so much guys have a great whatever time of day it is don't eat that cord cat (laughs) (laughs) fuck you cat god damn god damn it god damn it well that's a good way to end this that's true all right well thank you guys for listening we'll catch you around bye